0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com g-o-m. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for any device you want to use to listen. I murdered my brother.
2: We murdered him. Shad
1: away with me. wasn't your brother. This war has just begun. It will last for years. Thousands will die at your
2: command. You will betray the man serving you.
1: You will betray your family. You will betray everything you once held dear. And it will all be worth it.
0: Seven blessings, spearwives and cell swords, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Lord Sterling, Sir Duncan the Fearsome.
3: And I'm Kristen of McWigglebergino, descendant of House Wegman, ruler of Time Out, queen of nighttime streaming.
0: And joining us today is Jason.
4: Yeah, the, uh, thank you for inviting me back on. It was fun to have an excuse to binge because I hadn't been keeping up with you guys, but I'm all caught up now. Oh, all
0: right. Killer. So I'm
4: stoked. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So this is Game of Microphones, episode 62.
3: On this episode of our series, Rewatch, we're covering Game of Thrones, season two, episode 10, Falar Margulis.
0: And in case you're not already aware, this is a spoiler-filled podcast from the perspective of someone who's seen Game of Thrones up until Season 7, Episode 7. So, enter at your own risk.
3: I've seen Season 8. Oh, shit. It's alright. good? yeah It's alright. <laughs> Don't <bother. laughs>
0: It was overrated. Yeah. Don't live up to the hype.
3: Go watch Big Little Lies instead.
5: <laughs> Spoiler
0: alert so let's <laughs> jump right into it how about see
4: kabassi starts see it, it today oh we're doing our top three already okay cool uh, i thought this episode had a lot of creepy shit in it which <laughs> i love yes in fact, um la- you know i was binging and i got to uh, uh, blackwater and you know i it had like uh Daenerys going towards the House of Undying, and I'm like, oh, "Yeah, I get to talk about the whole House of Undying because that was probably still one of my favorite sequences in all of Game of Thrones." Nice. And I remember when I we got to this part when you know I was watching it when as it was airing, I was like, "Oh, I I like this show even more. Like it it went up a notch in my estimation." Yes. And it's because. For one thing, I really like um, when people like a group of people go into an unknown area uh, and they're kind of they don't really know what they're up against. Kind of like um, in Star Wars when they all went to the Death Star or uh, when Luke goes into the
0: cave kind of.
4: Yeah. I mean, but more like when you're going into somebody else's, yeah, I guess that counts any horror movie or like stranger things when they're going into the upside down, you know, this feels kind of like that. Like you don't know what to expect. And this one was particularly unsettling because weird things are going on. There's no guards. And he says, uh, Jorah says it's, they, you know, it's because of sorcery and, Then when Danny's walking around the perimeter and Jorah's trying to keep up, it it reminded me of... When Nico runs ahead and goes around a corner, <laughs> I'm going to chase after him, and he's going to be gone. And she was gone, and he comes back around, and the Dothraki dude is there. Khabara. I love the uh, the camera trick kind of things that they were doing there, where
0: yeah. the music is sort of getting a little tense, and she's getting further and further away, and you can see her getting closer and closer to the plane of the horizon around yeah. the uh, the corner of the building. This whole scene, the way that they shot it, sort of reminded me of uh, Battlestar Galactica. I don't know if you've seen that, but the uh, the cathedral scenes. I'll say where it's they're sort of like in an illusion and they're exploring yeah. through this
4: unknown, unknown territory and yeah it's it's I wild. I have seen that and I love it and that's another example. There's good. There's a lot of scenes in Battlestar where they're going into like yeah. one of those big base stars or something. But um, uh, illusion too. There's a lot of illusion in this episode and this whole sequence is about illusion, not just the warlocks who seem to have a lot of power, but when it comes right down to it, all it takes is little Dracaris to defeat <laughs> them. Yes. Uh, but also the, the what's the, uh, the guy's name? Um, Zaro, is that his name? Zaro own Doxis. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's an illusion too. I mean, he's, right. he's kind of powerful, but he doesn't, he's not as rich as he said, there's nothing in his vault. Yeah. And so that's the but, old banker uh,
0: tactic. He's, he's got the, uh, you know, the, the game there that's, it's a strong technique. It works. Yeah.
4: You know? And she, when she says, thank you for teaching me this lesson, I love that. Cause yes. she really does appreciate the lesson that she learned, even though she's about to kill the dude. <laughs> and so how, would you, how would you articulate that lesson? Yeah. That's what I was wondering. I mean, could it be, don't trust anybody or more likely something about how uh, illusion and projecting power. Confidence is key type thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, Fake it I till mean, you make I, it. What do you, what did you guys think?
3: I think that, um, I think what you're saying is true, but I also think that maybe, um, the lesson is, is that there's only one person that she needs to have faith in and rely on and that's herself, hmm. you know, yeah. if she were yeah. to rely on somebody else, and you that's know, other people are going to let you down. Yeah. Drogo yeah. let her down the, uh, Ma's well, Ma, Mary Ma's door Wow. I lost her name for a second. <laughs> let her down. Yeah. You know? But what
4: about Jorah I mean he's saying you can't do this without help without help and I don't think this lesson taught her to have less faith in him necessarily
0: no I uh, think there's I, a difference between seeking um, out third party help and then like a trusting like a, a trusted advisor you know she she was trying to get money and ships from the Spice King yeah. and then she was thinking about marrying zaro and now she's really come into her, her own I think you nailed it Kristen
3: yeah, she wants she wants to be able to know that she can build it. She didn't rely on somebody to build it for her. It right. wasn't something, you know, like she when you look at Daenerys, I think like overall it's she, people believe in her, you know. In season 7, you know, Missandei says it to John Snow and Davos, she says, right. you that's, know, if we I wanted chose. to leave, we could go. Yeah. And she'll, she'll, she'll give us her best ship and she'll wish us good fortune. Like we're here because we want to be here because we believe yeah. in her. It's like you so, really uh, believe that. And she's built that.
4: Yeah. That's the good thing about, about her. And, uh, You know, we're going to get to this later, I'm sure, but I want to bring it up now because it feels relevant to what we're talking about that Tyrion, he gets the shit end of the stick all the time. No one appreciates him. And he was just like the biggest hero ever in the show so far. (laughs) And he gets like this insulting coin and, and, you know, trying to kill him and everything. And uh, I was just thinking, you know, the only time where finally in the show he is appreciated is... When he meets up with Daenerys, like you guys are saying, I mean, she she values him and his contribution and that makes him at least that's part of what makes him really want to be with her and fight for her and everything like that. I have an
0: interesting theory about that, too. We saw him, um, you know, he doesn't get credit in this episode. And like you were saying, he eventually does get the, the spotlight and the recognition he deserves when he goes into a service for Daenerys. So I'm wondering if maybe he'll get a second chance to earn the respect of the people of King's Landing by saving them from Cersei when she tries to explode something else or something like that. <laughs> if maybe King's Landing will finally get a chance to appreciate him yeah.
4: for who he is. <laughs> yeah, man. If I mean, if I had to pick any one person I want, to make sure has a happy ending in this whole thing, I think it's him. <laughs> I know, right? Right? Yeah, because you know they're not all going to. It's Especially always... like after the
0: look on his face in this episode a couple of times, you know, just like the <laughs> Dinklage
4: nails that that whole like innocent like victim of injustice. Yeah, like, uh, like yeah. God
2: damn it. <laughs> uh huh.
4: Yeah. Well, <laughs> so okay, so but um, back to this scene when she walks out into the um ruined room with no ceiling and it's the snow softly falling and it had been sunny when they came in. I'm like, Oh man, this is so trippy. Trippy is a good word. I just love trippy yes. stuff. Watch Legion. If you want to see something trippy, Ooh. it's one of my favorite shows. Um, but it's like, is this in her head? And then, and then it plays on her emotions. She sees Caldrogo Drogo and he's got what looks like their child who also looks just like my child, by the way.
2: Oh <laughs> yeah. Totally oh, yeah. I, like wow. I, I
3: totally right? had that thought. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even with all the hair. That's
0: yeah. so funny, man. I got to go back and look now.
4: Yeah.
3: He looks, uh, you're you're uh, you're a dad. So, um you had do you get you have those bumbo seats?
4: Uh, I think so. What it what is that?
3: It's like the plastic seat that you stick a kid that can't yeah. sit up. So yes. on, on those bumbo seats, there's a kid that has that full head of hair and it's like <laughs> shaped into like, it looks, it's another kid that looks exactly like in that line <laughs> of Bodhi Cut and Rego. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: It's so funny. It's classic. So, um, that whole thing, it was beautiful and touching. And, and to me it felt like kind of a way for her to get closure around that. Cause yeah. she, she really put her heart into that interaction and and it made me think, you know, wow, we don't know for sure if there's not some truth to that. Maybe they contacted his spirit somehow, but you know, probably not. I mean, it's it's all um, a ruse, but it did make me wonder what would have happened if she would have stayed there. Would that have just been a way for her to be placated in this blissful um eternal existence with Caldrogo while they like siphoned off of her magic or something? What was what was their end game with that?
3: So how I took it is, is that it was a series of tests and yes. she would have failed the tests. The, her first test power. was getting in.
1: Oh, her getting second, in, right.
3: Getting into the, to, yep. to the house. Her second test was resisting the Iron Throne when yep. she heard the dragons. The temptation her third of power. Test, the, yeah. Right. Her third <laughs> test was l- turning around and leaving her husband and son when she heard the dragons. The so temptation I of think, fantasy. There's there's this quote from the first book that I I really adhere to um, to Daenerys in her entire story since uh, Drogo died and um, if you've read the books you'll know exactly what I'm talking about it's if I turn back I am lost and yeah. she says she repeats it almost like a mantra at the end of the first book and and that book, and that is I think kind of what fuels her for her entire journey she is never looking back she is always looking forward. And I think that this is when she's in the house of undying, I believe that she is telling herself, if I turn back, I am lost like the entire time. And it gets her ultimately to her dragon. So,
4: Mm. yeah, that's her, that's her impetus in a nutshell for the entire series. She's going to go back to Westeros and conquer it. And being with Khal Drogo early on is, um, part is going to help her do that. In this case, it would divert her from it. So yeah, right. you're, <laughs> you're totally right. Definitely. Um, so then when she goes back and I just loved the way that warlock looks is perfect for this. Cause he's a creepy <laughs> looking guy. <laughs> yeah, And suddenly there's several they of them. We already saw that a little bit before, but I remember when I watched this, it just, it, it was spine tingling and, and I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And I thought, man, it, uh you don't know what he could do next and and suddenly she raises her hands up and she's in shackles and they're talking yeah. about you're going to be here for a thousand thousand seasons and I'm like, dude. Yeah. And then all she just goes Drakaris, and they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is a preview. You know, she and they're playing her music. Da, 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 da. And then, I re, you know, it reminded me of her being on one of their backs later in Marine. Drakaris, and.
0: Yes. Beer. All those oh. ships. <laughs>
4: and then later at the loot train battle. Krasny's monastas uh, when she kills the slaver
0: yeah that's yeah.
3: arguably her best badass scene yeah. ever.
0: The dragon <laughs> is not a slave Dracarys. Dracarys.
3: Dracarys. I <sighs> watch that today
4: nice <laughs> uh, so before I leave this scene, um she thanks Zara for teaching her the lesson. Then she locks him in his empty chamber uh vault with the her um handmaiden slash prostitute what's her name uh
3: doria doria
4: doria yeah you know i thinking back on that i had remembered it that doria had committed much more of treachery like but really all she did was she thought oh well um I, uh, I don't have anywhere else to turn to i it just didn't seem like she was instrumental in this whole thing and just kind of tried to make the best of a of a bad situation i mean i'm not saying i agree with her but i don't know if she deserved to be uh locked up into a vault where she'll like probably starve to death what do you guys think
0: woof i mean that's a you know it's a hard fish uh, fate to say anybody really deserves so i don't know what do you have to say Kristen?
3: I think she was directly responsible for the kidnapping of the dragons and the killing of uh, what's her name and all of the Dirthraki that were there. Okay, I mean he told uh, Danny told her, "Hey, you need to go to Zaro and you know go make him happy." You know, and then I think that there was the comment about the fact that the dragons liked Doria and they trusted her, and so I think that right. she yeah. had a way to grab the dragons without it being a big deal for the dragons, and then she allowed uh, Zaro's men to come in and kill all the Dothraki and steal and the dragons. Eerie. And I, I think it, if if she so didn't she, she betray Danny,
4: yeah. All that. Okay. So do you well, think that, that case, the uh, yeah.
0: do you think the punishment? fits the crime do you think like justice should be like more swift or do you think that uh, that that method of execution is just in this case. I mean, who knows?
4: Maybe suffocating like that, losing oxygen, maybe you just drift off and don't even yeah. notice it. You know, I think that it's much, it's too harsh personally, and that they should have just killed them, but it was dramatically satisfying for them to lock him in his vault that he was bragging about. Yeah, and so, the way, and the way your fine. mind goes <laughs> off to imagine it is really intense, too. Like, I'm yeah, sitting yeah. there thinking about people suffocating. What they're gonna like, do, yeah, one like, of them eat the other one or something. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> they have time for that. They'd run out of oxygen before it came probably, to that, yeah, I think. <laughs> maybe. There might be some cracks. That's hilarious, know. though. <laughs> Zara would eat okay. her for sure. Yeah, you probably right. Although he'd be a much bigger meal. Um, so. Another creepy thing. I'm I'm cheating here, but I, I promise I only have two more. So <laughs> the other one is is Jocken Hagar. He she sees uh, Arya sees him up on this out, rock outcropping high above, and yeah, then he, w- out of view, and all of a sudden he's right next to her. And this guy always like back then, especially what what is up with this guy? He yeah. the way the actor plays it is so enticing. Yeah, they couldn't have picked a better person. And the way that yeah. he sneaks
0: up on her too, he sort of just appears in the yeah. way that that it happens she should have seen him cuz she walks right past where he is and then he sort of steps out behind her and it's uh-huh. like she should have seen him so he was doing some t- something there she wasn't surprised to you know? see him no. no not at all <laughs> she's, she knows he's a creepy dude did, yeah. he has a great line too and she asks like how did you know we were coming this way and
4: she's like after all he's like after all you've seen that's your question
0: that's your that's question, question.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and uh, you know even when he uh, changes into the other guy which was, I think is the creepiest moment I, I, I'm immediately like you're not a good you're not a good actor get get the other guy back in here yeah
2: right, <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> but, uh, I, and I also think that when he shows up later in season five or whatever it was that, um, they may, I, I wondered if they might have actually picked a different actor to play him just in keeping with the whole faceless man thing, but that they thought, no, this guy's too good and he has good uh chemistry with Maisie Williams. So let's get him back. Yeah, I'm sure. But, you know, I bet that's the case. Yeah, definitely. Maybe. So that, there's that and then the changing of the face. And, and also this is the first time I think that we hear the phrase Valor Margulis. Yeah. She comes comes back a lot um, and the, the coin and everything, which, you know, just makes you think of all the things to come. And I wanted to ask you guys, I can't remember. So she says, you know, I can't go with you right now to learn the ways of the assassin because I need to go find my family. Um, I don't remember what changed her mind. Was it just that she thought her sister was dead or something later on she, when she finally decides up, to go
3: she showed up uh to uh river run no she showed up to uh house fray uh with the hound right as the wet the red wedding was oh, uh, right. concluding and she saw her brother's body her come out with gray wind sewed to his Ugh, his neck. head
0: sewed on yeah
3: yeah um, and sh- and I think the She's Boltons like, had
4: gonna...
0: <laughs> yeah the
3: Boltons had uh, the Vol- Boltons had Winterfell and her mom and brother were dead. She thought that probably Bran and Rickon were dead. Um, and she didn't want to see Santa. <laughs> she even didn't like saying that she wanted right. to check on Santa yeah, during did that step scene. up And
0: do it though. I give her credit for that for saying you know stepping up and saying and my sister I need to find her too.
3: I loved it that she closed her eyes at the end of it. She's like, ugh, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh man, there's yeah. a,
0: there's something that this scene made me think of. It was the second time we've heard um, Jocken refer to the the God of Death as the Red God. And, and the Faceless me... Men
3: in the same sentence. Right. I wrote down the same thing. <clears throat> so
0: that made me think more about like the Lord of Light and the Faceless Men and the Red God and the God of Death. And it seems like the, faceless, the God of the Faceless Men, you know, the Many-Faced God, the God of Death, the Red God, mm-hmm. and the, uh, the Lord of Light, who is also the Red God, um, seems like they're the only ones that like have tangible evidence of their existence and power, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see the Faceless Men have these shape-shifting abilities, and um, the Lord of Light has given Melisandre the ability to see into the future through the flames and everything like that. Um, so I've made the connection watching it this time that we have two main characters from the Stark family who are... Like, irreversibly altered by the Red God or the Lord of Light. We have Arya, who ends up being, you know, able to shapeshift, essentially. And then we have Jon, who's resurrected, um, both at the hands of, directly, you know, given this these capabilities by the Red God, it seems. So, it's going to be interesting... Um what you know finding out what the connection is how it all plays out uh mm. just you, those, you n- could make n-
3: an argument um that the godswood and that the old gods uh have tangible powers as well as it's the children of the forest that made the right. white walkers and it's the children of the forest that saved the remaining weirwoods that turned into godswoods. and
4: now that
0: we've and seen then Bran brand and like, has yeah
4: his whole fourth yeah, dimensional stuff I think there's also a theory that the uh, the red God is, uh, according to the um, practitioners, of, you know, the faceless men, it, the red God is one facet of of the God, the many faced God. He's Definitely. one of the faces. So that I guess could you could just say any God, but he keeps coming back to the red God. Yeah. 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 Maybe um, one of the writers had a brain fart.
3: <laughs> and then there's Quaith.
0: Oh, yeah. Then there's Quaith, too. Right. Quaith
3: is a red priestess, but she uses um, uh, a girl and a man in her vernacular.
0: And we don't really get to see too much of her powers on the show, but we do see her knowing that Jorah approaches without having a look or
4: anything like that. Right. Knowing
3: information.
4: So, yeah. Um, uh, one little note is. uh You know when when um, Jockin Hagar changes his face, I love that he says Jockin is dead. Yeah, and then he says all men must die because he says Valar Morghulis. Say it, (laughs) and uh, it uh, makes me think, man, we may never have seen this particular guy's face, and. This particular guy may not even be the same guy that she meets later on. Yeah. You know, I mean. She could just get word. (laughs) Like they could have got word. Oh, we used this face. We talked about this type of stuff. She knows this guy. (laughs) And uh, uh, we know at least for Arya, there is a real person under there who has a real face. But if it works that way for everyone else, we still don't know. Maybe that ugly,
2: creepy dude was. (laughs)
4: could be. Um, and then, uh, let's see what else was I going to say about that. Oh, yeah. The voice. So it, it, when he changes face, he still has uh, the same voice. Tom Washica or whatever his name is, his voice. And I think that was just to make it clear to us that yeah. it's, <laughs> it's the same guy. But later, when we see Arya do this trick and, and everybody else, um, their voice changes. Like when she becomes Walter Frey, it would be really stupid and weird if she still had Arya's voice. <laughs> right.
0: And when the <laughs> Waif becomes the Terminator and chases Arya down the streets <laughs> of Braavos. <Marvel's>.
3: The T-1000. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I do yeah. it after. <laughs> wrong Terminator. Latin al-
4: oh sorry
3: No that's okay I was just going along with the joke Go <laughs> ahead please go, third, go. Uh,
4: third and final creepy shit Was um, the last thing With Sam And <laughs> the whites and the white walkers And uh, Just seeing that one White walker stare him straight In the face
2: Yeah, And uh, we I need remember to talk when about.
4: this first happened It's like oh my god I, I It's breathtaking I don't think we'd seen massive whites like this in the series before and I just uh, couldn't believe it so why didn't they uh, kill him that. yeah that's my question why didn't they kill him they're like eh not worth it pudgy little guy i don't
2: know it's gonna be their i mean undoing they they the let
0: them um, they let the guy in the pre in the prologue of book 1 um, you know the first guy who ned stark beheads mm-hmm. they let him go for some reason too so it's not unprecedented that the white walkers um
4: are you know will let you go um on a on occasion, so... Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, I, I met Because I'm also like, where are they going? I mean, they're just going to walk around for a few years. It looks like it's supposed to be ominous, but... They were heading to the just, Fist this time. I figured oh, it out. Finally, well, I figured it out. But we know <laughs> they, they want... Their <laughs> ultimate goal, or not ultimate goal, but their goal right now is to build up a huge army, and so maybe they just didn't think Sam was worthy of <laughs> being in
3: the army. <laughs> <laughs> It could be the know. connection with the Night King and um, the supposed connection of the Three-Eyed Raven and, and so on and so forth. Only, only yeah. because, you know, somebody needs to be able to say that it's real. Yeah. Right. And maybe mm. Sam is maybe they see that Sam is that trustworthy person because Sam eventually becomes, you know, kind of the one who's documenting all of this. And he probably will come out of the end of this as the one that documents this.
4: Why would they want? everyone to know
3: I have no idea <laughs> <None>. <laughs> think, I'm just shooting out theories here
4: <laughs> I want to understand them more but I also think that it's probably better for the story if we don't if that they remain pretty mysterious oh,
0: and it's it's kind of it sucks though because George R. R. Martin is like he's he's known for breaking tropes you know and like changing the way that you expect the story to play out. And he doesn't have black and white characters, but the, the fucking, the, the whites and the white walkers are pretty black and white. You know, they they're seem like of super evil.
4: Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and you, you know, the they were Rocky created Quest. by the children in the forest, right. To mm-hmm. um, help defeat. The, True. Now the we do know men. a little bit. Yeah. So it's more like, yeah, they're just a weapon that got out of control. It seems like, Replicating nanobots programmed mm-hmm. to uh, weed out. I mean,
0: genetic like the Terminator,
2: <laughs> yeah. Skynet. Yeah, there you go.
4: <laughs> I'm done. All right, so uh,
2: that was
3: great. Yeah, good one. Thank I you. like it. I like it that it was, it started off creepy. <laughs> that
2: was just your theme. Yeah. I like the creepiness. Because well,
4: we, we were talking earlier, and I'm like, it's hard to find themes for me in Game of Thrones. Uh, uh-huh. It's easier in Walking Dead because Scott Gimple's mind kind of works that way. But then I was like, kept thinking, that's creepy. Hey, that's creepy. <laughs> I found a couple themes
0: in this episode, too, actually. Oh, good. Um, I guess since I just said that, we'll go with mine next, uh, which is my number three is regret. The leader's burden and consequences of Actions, and so basically, that's just like the way that Stannis and Theon are reacting to, um, you know, how they've chosen to lead. Essentially, Stannis it starts off in the scene as he's sta- standing there with uh, Melisandre talking, and he is pissed. You know, he's mad that she she told him that she saw this victory in the in the flames, and she claims she still sees it, and he's you know doubting the Red God at this point and saying the flames lied, and. Uh, he he's like saying I'm no better than a savage for trusting in a fire god, which I thought was like kind of a funny line. And he's sort of, he's like lamenting about how all this is, it seems to be bullshit, you know, how he lost all these people and and everything for what. And then he sort of breaks down and and has a moment of realization
4: when he realizes that he's murdered his brother, and he's like, I murdered my yeah. brother. It's like he just came off of PCP or something and like yeah. what did I do? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: well, you know, did you notice that he is and in this scene in more anguish and turmoil and self-doubt than when his own daughter is burned at the stake? Fucker you know what I mean uh, like yeah. he's just like dude you lost a battle like right. chill the fuck out yeah. <laughs> just, and in this calm down he,
0: he says I murdered my brother yeah yeah he says I murdered my brother and my notes next will be your daughter you should have seen right. this coming they also they burned Axel Florent uh, at the stake too and that was Celise's brother his wife's brother so they're like well accustomed to burning their family members uh, essentially killing their <laughs> murdering their family. They're both Kinslayers. It's really fucked up. So um, I just thought it was interesting that he's reacting to this. He's questioning everything. He's not taking it very well. And it's interesting that you brought up um, that it's like he's coming off of PCP, too, because I was questioning while watching this if Melisandre was drugging him. Um, manipulating him. Remember how she has that scene with Selyse where Selyse walks in and she's and uh, Melisandre's naked, and she's talking about manipulating Stannis and how Selyse knows they had sex and mm-hmm. everything, and um, she's talking about how she has all these like dusts and potions and tricks for manipulating people, and she relies on them less now
4: because the dragons have been, are back and she's more powerful magically but that's interesting because that's the same thing. The warlock said that that was the whole reason right, why they this wanted episode. Danny there because the dragons make them more powerful and, uh, she makes the dragons more powerful.
0: Yeah. It's, it's great. Um, so they
4: so, bring the magic.
0: Yeah. So, so there's a scene in this right here where she comes up to him after he's, you know, expressing these doubts and she, she's asking him, she's telling him to like share the weight of, you know, the burden with him and, And he's like, he's telling her, "No, it wasn't your brother. And they go on to say that the war has just begun. And she goes into this monologue where she's telling him everything that's going to happen. The war has just begun. It will last for thousands of years or last for years. Thousands will die at your command. You'll betray the men serving you. You'll betray your family. You'll betray everything you once held dear. And it will all be worth it because you're the son of fire. You are the warrior of light. You will sweep aside this pretender and that one. You will be king. And she's doing all this. And while she's doing it, she sort of like has her hand around his head and she's like stroking his hair or something. And I was wondering if she was like maybe like
4: sprinkling something. Yeah. You know, owner's a shoulder. Even when they're looking, you know, she's having him gaze look into in the, the fire. fire. That's when it's kicking uh, in. I'm it thinking feels like, like a bewitchment a little bit. Right. And both of them, they look like they're on drugs <laughs> Just in awe, and she's got this grin, and he's just like kind of mind blown. And you wonder
0: so what he's, he's back seeing. on the
3: PCP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: But then again, we see right. the hound
4: see something in the flames later on. So it may not yeah. be, um, no, that, I mean, you know? it, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be, um, a drug, it can just be a bewitchment, right? Looking into the flames seems True. to do that. And then there was another one too. Well, it's Severus who. We still don't know what was whispered to him, but it surely made an impact on his life because we're going to have to find out m- no. magic now. Yeah.
0: Now that they'd mentioned it, we're going to have to find out. It's like Chekhov's gun. We're going to have to yeah. see it fire. If we don't,
4: <laughs> then I want my money back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and one th- other thing she said is I've, he, he said something about, you know, you don't you're telling me about wars. And she says, I've been fighting far longer than you. Right. And Hint number one. Yeah, hint about her true form, an old, old woman.
0: Yeah, and since we're mentioning that, too, I, I was when we were talking about the Faceless Men a few minutes ago, I was wondering if they might have any type of life extension capabilities, if they can shift form you know, and change shape and everything like that. You've you got to wonder whether or not they can combat age. I mean, Arya transformed into an
4: old guy, basically, and then turned back into Arya, you know? Yeah, I mean, just transform into a, a kid. Yeah, so yeah, so Melisandre <laughs> or whatever years. age
0: you want to be, you know. So Melisandra is like super old. We saw when she takes off the necklace and we her glamour is yeah. removed. We see she's mega Love old. Maybe the faceless men, if they're both, you know, under Did the power of the
4: same god, maybe they're
0: connected. See this the way.
4: shining. Yeah.
2: Yes. Oh yeah.
4: It reminded me of the woman that he meets. Oh, in the, in the bathtub. Yeah. In room two thirty
2: seven.
4: One other thing. Ooh. So you know, Melisandre, I, she. Um, she, I I think there's you know a pretty damn good chance that she is trying to enchant, uh, Stannis and later John, uh, but I also do believe that she believes Stannis is the one, and I think the right. Lord of Light is telling her that, and for I would whatever have whatever agree. yeah. So I think she thinks it, whatever she's doing. I think she thinks it's it's because it's the right thing, not because she's trying to. Um, I mean, I think she's trying to help whatever the right thing is to yeah. happen. She's, you know she's trying I mean?
0: to get these people, these pawns, as she sees it. She's trying to put them on the paths yeah. that they're supposed to be on. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I agree. She, she feels like her cause is just and that she is, yeah. uh, you know, like she's doing what she's supposed to do. Serving
2: her yeah. God.
3: Do you think this is how she's like handling uh, like Stannis's regret or her regret in a way? Like you know, she regrets, uh, do you think that she like regrets sending Stannis off or maybe she regrets not insisting that she goes to Blackwater, but to be by his side?
4: Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. It's, yeah, I think d- later, doesn't she, uh, say I should be with you this time? I mean, d- I think so. Yeah. Sort of He's like, like, you're like let's w- learn from that mistake. Yeah, and he says like, well, ne- I'm never leaving you behind again or something. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. But I think that she's more like, look at the long game. Like you were saying, Kristen, it's just one battle. I, I don't think she seems very shaken. She's just like, this is just a setback.
0: How about the mm-hmm. this scene, you know, that little segment of this scene where he strangles her? How crazy was that? He's, Intense. you know, he's like saying that the red God is bullshit and... And she says she's been fighting longer than he has, like you said, Jason. And he says, have you? Show me how you fight. And he grabs her and starts strangling her. Where's your God now? How do you, you know, how will he save you? Um, how do you fight? And she just like dangles her arms and like, I'm like, like Gandhi or something, you know, not She said, she said
4: something that sounded- Something typical that she would say. And he's just like, whatever, but he lets go. And that's
0: when he realized, you know, had the, the moment about murdering his brother. He, you know, almost killed her, yeah. and then probably that probably triggered the thought in him that, oh my God, what did I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was a really great scene between the two of them. It was, yeah. Uh, and I, I thought it was interesting too because Stannis is dealing with the regret of the decisions that he's made, and he's taking it out outwardly on Melisandre at the moment. You know, he's strangling her, blaming the Red God. Doing all this, and it con- it sort of contrasts. It's like the yin to my yang, which is the second half of my point here, which uh, brings us to Theon, who is um, doing his, his Punchable thing. face. Yeah, and he's <laughs> and he's talking with uh, with Maester Luwin, right? And Lewin is telling him that he's like, I know that you're not the guy that that you're pretending to be, and he's like, you know, maybe you're right, but it's too late. Basically, which is yeah. a really sad moment um, because it's like the
4: opposite. He's I've gone too far to pretend to be anything else. Yeah, he he
0: sort of knows he fucked up, right? And I think that he's doing the sort of opposite of Stannis here. Instead of um, trying to take it out on other people, he's instead of he he's making a decision to move forward on his path and um, accept the the consequences instead of fleeing and going to the wall or something and saving himself. He's sort mm. of you know, taking the responsibility personally and setting himself up for his own downfall, whereas Stannis is, like, outwardly um, projecting his anger and taking it out on other people. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah,
4: it was sort of noble for him to just decide to charge in knowing that it was a suicide mission, although you could also see it as just hard-headedness, but it was probably a good thing that the guy whacked him. Yeah, so funny. You know... Watching this again, because the first time I'm like, Theon, he's he just feels like one of the brothers, even though he, he's from somewhere else. And it, then he turns on them all and he acts. You mean, like, a,
3: the Stark. He feels like a Stark. Yeah. OK. And
4: then he turns on them all and he acts, you know, all like with bravado. And I'm like, oh, what a, what a fucker watching it the second time. I feel more sympathetic to him uh, because I can see that he wants his father's approval. But not only that, he's he's. uh he's an ironborn and this is what they do. They go in and they take what they want and they have to prove their strength by, uh, you know, if he had just done what his father said, then he wouldn't really be doing what the ironborn do. And that's to step up to the plate and be a strong person and pillage and rape (laughs) and plunder and take over. Right. So he's, he's playing by the rules of this world that he's in and family is more important. He was kidnapped by the Starks and yes, he came to love them, but Even so, you know, even, uh, Caitlin Stark would say, uh, look, I know you love, uh, uh, Rob, I know you love Talisa, but you have to you're honor bound to abide by your promise in the same way. Theon is, is honor bound to be be an ironborn and act as an ironborn. But when, uh, Lewin says, you're not the man you're pretending to be. Not yet. I feel like the only, you know, Duncan, you said Theon fucked up. I I feel like in some way you might see it as the only way he fucked up is that, yeah, he's just not a strong enough person to do this. He's too wrapped up in his ego and, and he's just not, he doesn't command the kind of respect that he's he would not need the ironborn that he's pretending he's not today. effective. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is later on in the series, almost to where we are now after he's been tortured and, uh, uh, castrated, he's starting to feel more like a solid grounded person. person and, right. you know, I mean, he would probably say it wasn't worth it, but that's what it took <laughs> to get him to, be more of a strong strength of character you know yeah it's pretty funny. that's what i think um you
0: mentioned rob marrying talisa and i thought that was funny too i'll just bring it up real quick because i thought it was, it was a great parallel to um we had an interesting parallel between rob and joffrey in this episode where rob almost is even worse than joffrey and one aspect where he he decides to, um, you know, turn his back on the oath that he took to Mary Walder Frey's daughter, whereas even Joffrey is like, a king must keep his word, you know, I'm already promised yeah. to another. You know? So I just thought that was I mean, that crazy. was interesting
4: about his character because he's actually trying to adhere to some form of honor, like there is a boundary for him. It didn't take right. much to talk him out of it. I was very <laughs> surprised by that. What do you think, Kristen?
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, well, actually, I thought that that whole scene was all kind of set up beforehand and it was just kind of played out like a play only because and the only clue that I really had I watched that specific scene three times in the last 24 hours because I'm like something's not right about this scene and what it was is that Pycelle comes forward and he's already talked to this high Septon when this is supposed to be like Loras is asking you know, Joffrey, I want you to marry my sister, and everybody's like, Ugh, gasp, clutch yeah. the pearls, and it's like, <laughs> you know, Pycelle's like, well, I've already talked to the High Septon, it's fine. It's like, okay, well, if everybody else is clutching their pearls, and you seem to have already like cleared the way, then this is all for show, right? I have done. Yeah. I wonder
0: what
4: percentage of this scene is scripted.
3: Yeah. I love
0: that.
4: I didn't consider that but I I think it's much better that yeah, I oh, okay, I'm going to protest cuz that'll get everyone on my side. That'll make me look kingly. Me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> because Rob like didn't even do that though last night <laughs> right?
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah that was funny too because she's like word of your courage and everything I've heard tales of your you know battle courage and last episode we saw him run from the battle <laughs> that's so funny a king can yeah. do what he likes and you can even tell that when she's saying that she's like laughing about
4: it too like I've heard the opposite right it, you can tell but Did it's also notice? the sexiest thing ever because she says it, and, and those tales are, are deep, deep inside rooted, of me. In yeah in, in me. and she's right. like, I batting her little <laughs> eyelashes at him, classic. Did
3: you notice that she, her dress was like flapping in the wind? Yes, and it was I the actually... only thing that was moving in the entire scene. That's
0: so funny that he wrote that down. I have that written down, too. I have Marjorie's dress blows in the wind, but how? They're inside the throne room. Ha ha. TV aesthetics out of control. They love subtly using the wind effect on beautiful ladies, but in this case, it's actually a little too much. Surprised I never noticed it before. It must have picked up on it from watching Supergirl, because they're constantly doing it to Supergirl.
3: Did you, think, <laughs> did you think it was too heavy-handed to do that? No,
0: I mean, I, I've never noticed it before, but I think it was sort of like, um, I wouldn't say it was too heavy-handed, but I would say it's like a, an error. Like a film mm. error. like it, it broke the uh, the uh, the scene for me and made it unrealistic. Once I saw it,
3: I so. thought it made her look like an angel, which is what they were trying to do. You know, right? Like, this, yeah. is, this is our crown jewel of the Tyrells. Here you go, you psychopath.
0: Yeah, I agree totally. I think if it was just a little more subtle, I think that they just had the fan on slightly too high, and that's what broke the uh, that, oh, that moment. Oh, yeah, for maybe.
3: Me. <laughs> I can get with that.
4: Just
0: a little bit too drastic of a difference from everything around it, which
4: wasn't moving
3: mm-hmm. at
0: all.
4: And she, I mean, her breast is her like cleavage is straining against that dress, and (laughs) it's just ridiculous. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) She's awesome.
3: Um. So is that is that your number three? It is.
0: Yeah. How about yours, Lady K?
3: Um. Well, I guess if we're gonna go with themes, I'll just do mine um so mine was just kind of like you know at the end of every season you always have like kind of a shift and it's usually is something to propel the story forward like you see especially with this show you see people just kind of like okay this is my next journey right <laughs> but in this episode to me the shift wasn't like okay i'm going to you know go this way now it was like there was a change in mindset in most of the players like everybody has now shifted how they're they're playing the game if that makes any sense like so one of the biggest ones that i saw was balish and varies and i put that they both kind of changed up their strategy so with balish um let me go back to it so with balish This is the first time we see him put, like, his first few claws in Sansa. Like, right as uh, Joffrey has finished accepting um, the Tyrell's proposal for Marjorie, you see Baelish walking with purpose across the throne room towards Sansa's direction. And the very next scene is him interrupting Sansa, celebrating. Um, And then he's like, he goes... I, I, I mean, you've heard me talk about the two voices of Baelish and Littlefinger. <laughs> um, so when he's in front of Joffrey, he's like, all I need are, you know sons and grandsons, and he has his royal <laughs> I'll Baelish funds right? Some grandsons then. <laughs> but he yeah. turns around and looks at Sansa, <laughs> and he's like, I love your mother very much,
2: <laughs> and all I want to do
3: is bring you home, you know? And you're like, ah, oh, motherfucker, you're doing it. You're starting it, right? And you actually see, like, his hands are, like, kind of uh, clawing at her her arm a little bit. So, so it's like, he started, okay, so... Now that I have this piece of power, I have Hall now and I have the trust of the king and I've brought these two things together. Now I'm going to go work on the north. And like he just like mm-hmm. voop, shifts his shifts his mindset over. Wow. And then varies mm-hmm. is watching this all play out in the throne room. Um, I watched him during that when I told you something's not right about this. I watched every character during that scene. And, and he the is whole not time, stoked. He is pissed. Yeah. He is like rolling his eyes. He's looking around like, are you guys really soaking this up? Like he cannot believe what's happening. He's furious. And the next time we see Varys, he goes to the brothel and yeah. he's completely hidden to the point that Roz like disrobes for him. And he's like, hey, um, how would you like to work for me? Yeah, you know. And, does and he she's know like,
0: that he gets her killed basically, so, sadly. yeah. But
3: I, she was going to get killed no matter what. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, you know, Littlefinger was throwing him throwing her to Joffrey and, you know, she was just, she played it way too loose and, and free, you know, and she, she didn't play it smart, but, um, you know, he, he tells her you should be afraid of him. He's a dangerous man. And what's funny is that he goes, I know what his weakness is. Right. And he doesn't know that I know. Ha ha. He doesn't know that I know that he knows his weakness. <laughs> and, uh, and of course it's, you know, his his desire for power and for the Iron Throne, right? So, mm-hmm. Varies is now going to act defensively and he's shifting his focus to protecting, you know, what I think is the realm. And an offensive so got,
0: tactic against Varies to some extent, or against Littlefinger to some extent.
3: Yes, absolutely. I, I think it's all uh, the two of them play out some side drama for most of the series, which is very enjoyable. Yeah, But they both have a shift in focus during this time. They're mm-hmm. sort of and like then, yin
0: and yang to each other as well. And I think mm-hmm. at this point, there's, totally. it sort of um, illustrates that well when he points out to Roz that uh, Littlefinger doesn't care about the people that he employs. When he says that I care about, and I protect the people who work for me, he's right. Littlefinger doesn't give a shit about his minions. All Raz has to do to verify that is think about the story that Baelish told her a few weeks ago about the girl who was a bad investment
4: for him. Oh. Yeah. You know? The interesting thing is, they're both sort of yin. I mean, they're both sneaky and, right. you know, they're yeah. not warriors. But apparently, at least from what we've seen so far, it seems as though, and I believe it, that uh, Varys is. is, is Pure of heart and he's a good guy, but he's still. I sneaky. think so
2: too. <laughs> yeah.
4: But I agree with Duncan. I think, you know, it's it's sad for poor Roz because it turns out she, I mean, as soon as she finds out that he doesn't have a penis, she her whole <laughs> demeanor changes. She mm-hmm. seems almost annoyed with him because yeah. I think it's a I don't have any power over this guy. But mm-hmm. B, Plus she's scared what, of Littlefinger. What what does he want then? Like he's here uh, to ask me to do something. And then she goes and uh, you know. When she finds out that little finger wants to marry sansa she tells Varys, and he convinces elena tyrell to arrange a marriage between sansa and, and loris and then when little finger finds that Roz betrayed him he gives her to Joffrey and yeah. it's crossbow time. So that ended up <laughs> right. Yeah. It's messed in. up
3: be on a t-shirt somewhere. <laughs> yeah.
4: It's crossbow, <laughs> crossbow time. <laughs>
3: time. <laughs> so
4: I mean, yeah. that scene killed me. Cause Ra- I mean, look, okay. I, I uh, let's, who's your sexiest character? I mean, um, Marjorie's up there for me, but Marjorie. I would say I think Ross, Ra- I like John Snow. Ross Ra- H- Ra- is, oh, yeah, Ra- yeah. Ra- is number I mean, one. Yeah. Yeah. I could, for you? I think Jon Snow is probably my third <laughs> what about you, Duncan? Oh Danny, Daenerys. Mm-hmm. Um no
0: doubt no doubt. But um yeah, the the, the when various you know to, is talking about this to to her and telling her that Littlefinger doesn't protect his people, that sort of enforces the point that you guys are making that he's sort of different than Littlefinger. It's like they they both use deception, right? But within that sphere, they're like yin and yang, both shadowy figures, but of opposite moral content. Yeah. one using yeah. deception for his own benefit, the other using deception supposedly for the benefit of the realm. So that seem right. this scene seems to reinforce the fact that various is good, but. Whether or not we, you know, believe that depends on how trusting we are and how we interpret the evidence to that's yet to come. And um, I, don't, I don't think we know everything yet, so I can't wait to find out what what, what the truth is about Various, mm-hmm. you know.
4: I mean, it, in any other show, I'd be saying, come on, Duncan, he's good. But in this show, I mean, the only thing is I feel like some of the bite has gone out of Game of Thrones in the last couple of seasons, and maybe it's more traditional now, but... Um, this show i mean i i felt like lucy or like charlie brown running up <laughs> to kick that football so many times and it pulls it out yes. with oberon and uh oh, big time. what else the red wedding and even ned I'm afraid to trust in anything, but now it does feel more like a traditional, like, let's have the good guys win kind of show. So I am thinking that Varys is a good person, but I just, I guess I'm saying I wouldn't be shocked if he turned out to have some nefarious ends in mind right, totally
3: <laughs> he's mustache twirling yeah yeah he is him
4: and Baelish yeah Baelish <laughs> has an invisible mustache so it's like you
0: know, yeah always twirling it but uh yeah I mean I I'm tending to lean with you guys but that's what makes me nervous is that I'm becoming complacently um right you know that's okay See, with you. I
3: think he's just one of those characters where it's you know look some of them are going to be at face value. Varys has been true to his character the entire time. He hasn't deviated from his ultimate goal, in my opinion. Um, But, you know, I mean, this is Game of Thrones and you never know what's going to happen. Absolutely. I mean, look, when Littlefinger died, that was the best moment of the series for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding. He's
4: not going to turn around and turn out to be a bad guy. No way. If no that way. happens, I'll be like, no, that you, you guys are wrong. The writers are wrong. Yeah.
0: Like yeah. A last oh, episode I, I not a yeah. <laughs> when it looked like Tyrion was looking sketchy in the boat, we, were like, we know he's not doing anything sketchy. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm just going to move on real quick. Um, All right. So, so with, with the whole mindset of the shifting and everything, you know, you see the Tyrells and they, they've now abandoned, you know, Renly, which they never should have gotten into bed with him in the first place, but good job loris um and because he he had no no claim (laughs) to the throne at all none in
0: bed with him because Uh, he's younger uh, he's the younger brother
3: he was the younger brother he yeah there i mean he went against his own his own older brother it just all he did was create problems his only claim would be
0: by conquest and that the realm didn't need that
3: but like Catlin said earlier, I you know my son is actually fighting a war and not playing at one. Like he didn't do anything. He had a big army, and all they did was joust each other.
2: Ha ha ha. Sorry. <laughs> oh, is
4: that Sorry, a metaphor?
3: I, I couldn't. I couldn't I've been help
4: it. Hanging out with Duncan too long. No, I'm just
2: kidding. <laughs> I, I know.
3: <laughs> um, so anyway, so you know the the Tyrells have now shifted their game over to the Lannisters because they think that that's the the winning side to, you know, kind of hang their hat on and mm-hmm. they're going to use their crown jewel Marjorie to do it.
4: And little finger helped with that.
3: Ugh, I know. <laughs> mm. And then, so, so then we have a lot of other like little, little shifts. You have John, uh, John snow. He's starting to infiltrate the wildlings, right? I mean, he had no idea that that was what he was going to do. Yeah. He just got but a big mission
0: update.
3: <laughs> that's yeah. yeah. So that's, his his goal and his as you said his mission now. So his whole mindset has now changed, mm-hmm. and he's probably reeling a little bit from that. The White Walkers are marching, and they've got their own kind of plan that's happening. And you know, to this day, I, I don't know if we're ever going to really know why they passed up Sam. <laughs> uh, Melis- Melisandra manipulates Stannis with the flames, right? Because she needs to get this guy back on track um, with whatever is happening with him right now. Um Rob completely fucks his game up. Like he just I I, I he must have a brain tumor or something <laughs> to go to go back on what he said he was going to do to marry this girl and you know it it's a Did lot of Did you think the, that
4: when you first saw it?
3: When I first saw it, what mm, when, back well, I
4: read the books 2000, first 2000 whatever? I mean, the reason why I ask is because that feel like you said, Duncan, um, George R. R. Martin likes to turn the tropes on their, on their ear, but that definitely feels like in any other story would be the right thing to do. Go against what everyone else says and, and, and you know, fight for true love. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like every other story and that would be the right move. And it turns out to be the totally wrong move. And he should have listened to his mom. But you know what I mean. Like when I first saw that, I, I was rooting for them.
3: Oh, absolutely. I think we all were. Um, yeah. I. But at the same time, I mean. Because you're
4: thinking with that little
0: worm between your legs, Jason.
3: But because we know what happened to Ned in season one, we know that this isn't necessarily going to be a hap- happily ever after. I mean, the whole beheading of Ned Stark in the first season basically tells you: listen, don't fucking get attached. And then, you know, they, yeah. seal, they seal the deal with the red wedding. But so do you think Danny
4: <laughs> should and John should not get attached to each other?
3: I think we're going to lose one of them, and it really kills me to say it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it
2: we will, too. It kills we're me to say right. it. Maybe not.
3: I don't know. I'm, I'm we we Brown, lost a dragon maybe. last season, and that <laughs> killed me. So, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I, you just got to be prepared for it. You know what? I'm prepared for the White Walkers to win, honestly. Okay.
2: <laughs> let's yeah, well, let's just watch humanity get wiped that out would,
4: <laughs> that I would like to see them make that bittersweet somehow It's like the White Walkers win But they turn out to be pretty cool <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: It's like it, the, the Night King like releases his mask And it's Arya Stark and she's smiling <laughs> <Just>
2: like, <laughs> dun,
3: dun, dun, Sets, dun, sets her list on fire and walks off into the distance <laughs>
4: Yeah, everyone's dead I win
3: um and then you have uh daenerys who um you know she's been on this whole journey to get a ship get a ship get a ship get a ship right and then she has you can see that she becomes um what's the word that i'm looking for a con con not conquester that's the wrong word conqueror thank you -er. Thank you. Her.
2: Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Her. Oh, my gosh. you yeah. are. She's Conqueror.
3: like, well, she
4: wants to know how to kill. She's like, Tell, teach me how to do that, right? No,
3: no, 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 Daenerys.
4: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, oh, no, yeah, no, yeah. Okay. She comes and comes comes into her own. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and so you see her like she's she's now Powerful. okay. She's now been the unburnt twice, and she's got this great group of people, and now she's got like some gold and the means to get to the next level of what she's trying to do. Mm-hmm. So you can they seemed tell that a little
4: aimless for, they were just struggling to survive. Yeah, before this. Totally.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. So finally you feel like, okay, she's got the train back on the tracks. Like mm-hmm. good. Now she's, she's going to go off and do what she's going to do. Theon. um, Theon this whole time is having an identity crisis and all he wants is is to be a part of something and a part of a family. And for some reason, he wants to be, you know, a part of his family who keeps rejecting him. But whatever. Um, So, you know, he goes out and he's like, I'm going to die. Okay, here we go. We're going to die. We're all going to die, which was his his fatal mistake he expected these people who have never respected him who have always made fun of him who have never considered him to be one of them to die for him and you know what happens is that he gets betrayed by them and then they ultimately get betrayed by the boltons and everything goes to shit after that and then then, the season
4: of torturing
3: oh oh, gosh i know i can't believe we have to watch that i know um bran and rickon are sent you know to the wall so they're they are off now okay now we're in survival mode so they've went from little lords to hiding out to now okay we're going to go try and find John and be at the wall and see see what we can do from there right and get get at least get some protection from these people so yeah, totally you know, different
4: for them they were just sitting right. at home comfortable
3: yeah being <laughs> being crippled mm-hmm. um you know so it's just it's it's always fun to see when, you know, everybody is just kind of shifting into the next season, but they're all shifting in a completely different way than you would probably expect them to, even at the beginning of the season. Um, so I just found that really interesting, especially Baelish and Varies, because I love talking about them.
2: <laughs>
4: I feel like these last two episodes are, you know, the people who have not yet watched Game of Thrones and are like, eh, I don't like fantasy. And you're like, well, you should just give it a try. I feel like if people make it here, this is when they're going to be hooked. Or if they're not, then just give it up.
2: Totally. <laughs> Never give it up. Never give
4: it up.
3: And, and you're if you're right, not you know what? by
4: this, it's not your thing. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah.
3: And you're right, Jason. I forgot to mention Aria, but Aria is definitely setting out on some path. I don't. I think that she is now aimless, kind of. I mean, she thinks that she has a purpose, but she's also got Gendry and Hop-I. um
4: Yeah, and she's wanting to find her family. But I, So I feel like she's just got this spark of, look what this guy can do. And he offered me this chance to teach me. I'm not ready for it yet, but it's in her mind.
3: It's that Stark honor mm-hmm. that's keeping her
4: in the con- the context of the hero's
0: journey. She just refused the call, um, mm. you know.
3: Oh, see, Lady like Mormont it. would be disappointed. <laughs> 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 you refused the call.
0: Yeah, yeah, I right, right. That's you. great.
3: Refused the call. I <laughs> love that her cute
4: little accent. That's so funny. I know. That's great.
3: So yeah, so that was my number three. Awesome. How about your number two, Jason?
4: i have another theme it's love and marriage mostly love so um love Gross. does not as we've said end exist well in in westeros and i was <laughs> trying to think of, of as many couples as i could uh Tyrion and shay rob and talissa talissa are in this one but ned and and caitlin did not end so well danny and Caldrogo, uh mm-hmm. Ren renly and Loris. Lyanna and Rhaegar, <laughs> uh, even Cersei and Jamie, I think they've kind of broken up that it's kind of interesting. That's like the least dramatic of all of these, but, um,
3: <laughs> until he kills her.
4: Oh yeah. Right. Right. With, to come possibly. <laughs> we don't know anything people, but
3: it's probably
2: going to happen. Uh,
4: so anybody else like who are the big couples? I think that's, I don't know. There well, must we've be got John
3: and Egret. That are kind of forming right now right
4: oh yeah that's another one. one yeah and then we've got john and danny so we'll see how that goes I've could, um, could be the one that makes it aries <laughs> heart and um and uh what's his face
0: I'm that dornish princess
4: it's a yeah right not really on Mir- the, uh, and Marcella and her guy oh yeah None, that n- never too. works out god
2: tristan so, tristan yeah
4: tristan tristane Just seems like a junior high dude's name. So (laughs) we've got Shay and Tyrion. Now, I, I, you know, what sticks out in my mind when I think of Shay in the context of this whole series is how hardcore she betrayed him and seeing her with Tywin and thinking, oh, I hate you for that. But looking back, it's totally clear that Shay loves Tyrion. You know, that whole. Her, uh, scene about your mind and your mind and aren't those she the wants, uh, marriage vows also i'm yours and you're mine i'm
0: yours mine. and yeah. you're mine right yeah it's cool yes.
4: so they're sort of like are married kind of i mean
0: they, know, unofficially. they're in that
4: mindset yeah. but and then i looked back well what happened well what happened was that tyrion decided that shay was in too much danger because cersei and tywin found out so she, he told her you're just a whore and made her go away and that's what she felt betrayed by him, so she betrayed him right back. Now I'm not saying I, it's justified, but I, I just it, I I, it, I had forgotten that no, actually she was totally with him at this point.
0: Yeah, and there's a great scene in this episode where she says "fuck your money," you know. Yeah. And I felt so like happy for Tyrion. She you wants know, him to
4: run away. For, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: For one time, like. Somebody seems to actually care about him and value him for who he is. I you know, wrote fuck that what down too. Like and yeah. Yeah. Fuck as well because she what he said looks you like. you
3: haven't been listening to me or you haven't been listening very well or right, like your right. memory is yours.
4: shit. You're in my. Your memory is shit. She should be shit. thumping him on the head right there, like flicking him with her finger, <laughs> dude. <laughs> it's
0: so He's funny.
3: Just genuinely moved by that too. That yeah. was a very sweet scene. Yeah,
0: that was some like that if there's award worthy
4: performances, like damn. The only bad thing about that scene is that anytime there's scenes like that, um, it ends with somebody dying and tragedy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. Speaking of yeah. Shay,
4: Jason, I have to ask
0: you, we what? had we've had discussion recently about Shay in the context of her cutting talking about cutting people's faces off and then um something else that was faceless man related and we're wondering if i'm wondering if you have any uh, thoughts on the possibility of shay being either a faceless man or being versed
4: in that type of stuff i mean i i don't think so i think we can take her at face value, no pun intended,
2: um, <laughs>
4: that, you know, and, and also people off. wondered if, if Tywin hired her in the first place. And I don't think so. I think, uh, she's what she seems to be. I but, agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just and, wondering, you know, I like exploring so all the weird th- stuff. Th- then we have Rob and uh, Talissa or Talisa. Tal- Talisa. Yeah. It doesn't matter. George says okay. pronounce shit I'll, however you want to. I'll say Talissa. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, uh, you know, thought in the first place that it was kind of crazy for Rob to agree to marry a daughter of Walder Frey just so they could cross this bridge. But then I I was thinking, well, maybe that means they can cross the bridge anytime they want. And it is a pretty important bridge still, still a little crazy, but maybe not quite as crazy.
0: Maybe they could get a cut off those fees too. Those toll fees.
3: Yeah, but you... Okay, you can use my bridge, but you, my daughter's gonna marry the king in the north? Right. Like, that's bullshit. Here, have Edmure Tully. That would have been a better bet. But then again, bet.
0: if, it, if the bet works, it's not like they're just getting the bridge. They... Theoretically could have gotten Ned, you know, which may have made it worth right. it for Rob.
4: I guess you're uh, right. You know, I'm I mean, just like, you know, if it's just a bridge, like, of course, Can I borrow your car. And you're like, well, if you marry my sister or. Yeah, right.
0: No, I'm. <laughs> but totally, what if, okay. if the car was <laughs> sure. going to
4: get you to the cure for cancer? You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> or something right, like that. Right. And then it didn't work out.
0: But yeah, exactly.
4: A king so, should keep anyway. his word. <laughs> but I love, I mean, Talissa is so cute and they make such a great couple and I, and I was totally rooting yeah. for them and then it totally, fucked I liked how her, up their faces her and eyes are yeah. darting back
0: and forth, you know, between from his eyes when they're like doing the vows back, you know, the vow scene, like she
4: was acting it really mm-hmm. well. And,
0: cute and like you scene. said, it
4: was an echo of a scene that just came before where, uh, with Joffrey Tyrion and Shay were just talking about belonging to each other.
0: Oh yeah. And, and it echoed the whole Joffrey setting aside, um, Sansa thing.
4: So now Rob has set aside. Yeah, Walder Frey's well, daughter. Well, that's what my next thing. Love and marriage. So we have Marjorie and, and Joffrey, and I'd forgotten exactly how Marjorie ended up with Joffrey. So it was good uh-huh. to get a refresher that nice. Joffrey tells Loras he'll grant him anything he wants in exchange for the Tyrells coming to his aid to beat Stannis, and uh, Loras is glad to do that because Stannis orchestrated the killing of of Renly, his lover. So he requests that the newly husbandless Marjorie, his sister, marry Joffrey and join their houses. And uh, so, it, I mean, you could say that Stannis killing Renly or having Renly killed turned out to be just the thing that Marjorie needed because it granted her ultimate wish of becoming queen. But then it ultimately results in her death. So Ugh. it's kind of this show sort of a, has its ups and downs for people. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's putting it lightly.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Little fingers manipulations end up failing long, t- long term. You know, speaking <laughs> of Marjorie's death, I, I think I've said this before on this podcast, but people dismiss Cersei as being unintelligent and ineffective. But I always think, well, most of her enemies are are are, are dead, or I mean. She's the queen, like as of now in the series, above anyone else. Cersei has won the Game of Thrones. I mean, I'm sure mm. she'll be dead by the end of it, but right now she's the queen. <laughs> yeah. She's you know? the
3: queen. Well, see, she says she's the queen of the seven kingdoms, but Jamie does point out at the very beginning of season seven you're the queen of three at best.
4: Yeah, and the but north who, is the okay. size of all of the Who's other ones, combined. done better. Rob, Renly, Stannis, oh, of the, or Cersei. Of the five. The five <laughs> yeah. in the War of Five Kings, yeah. Who's <laughs> the other one? I forget. But anyway, oh
3: no, uh Balon Greyjoy.
4: Yeah, or Balon. But so I mean, of those of those five. Yeah, she's, she's the only you know, survivor. I, you can't say that she's ineffective. She since, yeah, she won the War of Five Kings. Like, yeah. Yeah. She I did. I think we can say that safely.
3: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> It's the first oh, time man. I'm not like, go women. <laughs> so well, yeah. yeah, I mean, she's,
4: um, <laughs> yeah, you got to take other things into account just besides someone's gender. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this race. is a
3: perfect example of just because it's a woman doesn't mean it's best. Okay. That's yeah, just, yeah,
4: not um, always. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then, and then just little finger, like he he's helping Sansa and I was like why why is he helping her and I I went back to look at the plot and he he wants to marry her at this point right to shore up his political power yeah he wants to get her to Winterfell
3: that's his shift I think that that's his shift
4: yeah he's like
3: okay well this is what I'm doing now he
4: ends up it's it's sort of ironic that he's promoting that hey i'm gonna get you away from joffrey because he'll still use you as a toy and then he pawns her off on ramsay who is probably worse at least as bad but probably worse and then later of course we get the most satisfying scene of all of game of thrones as oh. Kristen said.
3: <laughs> i'm gonna watch it tonight right and after she we're senses done him to death <laughs>
4: our oh, sister the newly minted Assassin carries it out with
0: his own
2: dagger. Oh man, (laughs) yes,
0: (laughs) yes, that was great.
3: Um, Going to what you were talking about, Jason, a minute ago about uh, Robin Talisa getting married. Mm. I put in a note that I was I was really confused um, at first. Because I'm like, why are they saying the words of the seven? He's from the north, she's from Essos. Like, what is happening here? And then I realized, and then I read like a little thing about how, you know, they created a little backstory for that. But, you know, if you take away that backstory that was created, you know, it was an unaired backstory, right? Um, But what I loved about it was that. They got married in front of the Godswood, which was honoring Rob's father. And they said the words of the seven, which honors Rob's mother. So he took both of his parents' side and he kind of put them together in his marriage Mm. ceremony. And I thought that was really beautiful.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I like that.
4: Good, good job noticing that. It's really good. Yeah. It's kind of like what some people do today. Have a little bit of this, a little bit of that.
3: (laughs)
0: You can go with this and you can go with that. (laughs)
3: we're going to say our Christian vows and then jump over a broom and it's going to be great (laughs) smash a glass yeah
4: sacrifice this go go.
3: (laughs) we got it all do we check off all the boxes yes yes
4: okay that's it for me
0: All right. so what does that bring it to my number two yes my number two is the uh, death of Obi-Wan Kenobi or um, the deaths of the mentors, in this case, that would be Maester Lewin and Corin Halfhand. Um, so I just thought that that was an important turning point for both characters of Bran and Jon Snow in this episode, where they're both thrust into the, uh, the one of the most dangerous parts of their journeys into um, unknown territory, with the following the death of someone who served as a role mm-hmm. model um to each yeah. of
4: them. So first off, yeah, we have... Yeah, and I mean, Lewin tells Bran and Rickon and Hodor and Osha to go to the wall. But that's right when, I guess, Ramsay took over, you know, got Winterfell back. So what if Bran had gone back? Wouldn't he just be the Lord then?
0: A good question. Ramsay may have taken him captive and, like, tortured him or something.
4: I mean, well, at that point, it was before the Red Wedding, so... True. I
0: don't
2: think
4: they really yeah, turned against them until that happened.
2: Well,
3: that's the question. When but, was it? Uh, who,
4: they probably saw that whoever had come had sacked
0: Winterfell and burned it. So they were probably like, we just yeah, need to get out of here.
4: In flames. Yeah.
0: That's a good point, though. That's a really good point. Um, strategically, since Rob hasn't been, you know,
4: usurped or, uh, um, you know, taken out of the equation yet. Um he's still I mean, the ruler think, of the north. Yeah. I think it was the plan this whole time. So, you know, maybe True. uh Bolton would have sent a raven saying, Okay, just hang out for a little while and wait for the next phase. Yeah, at
0: this point they're they're <laughs> in collusion, right? We think? Yeah. Because Tywin has so. already
4: Tywin has already mentioned his alternative
0: strategy strategies, hasn't he? To Tyrion, I believe.
3: Yeah, and the Boltons have no honor and they're fuckers.
4: Yeah, right. And I love this. Like, (laughs) we don't know that yet, right? We're just seeing Roose Bolton and he looks just like a a typical uh, lieutenant, decent fellow. Yeah, we have nothing (laughs) at all. Yeah, and he talks about, I'll send my bastard son over there to take, to get it back, and you're like, go, go dude, you know, get it.
3: <laughs> I know, we're rooting for him <laughs> for, there's like, a, one episode. There's a great Hindsight theory. Hindsight, we feel um, dirty. Yeah. There's
4: there's <laughs> a great theory
0: for the books where, this isn't really, like, a spoiler, but I think it's just something fun that might get people sort of intrigued, is people theorize that Roose Bolton is a vampire. <laughs>
2: Oh my gosh, people are
0: weird. <laughs> Think about it. he's He always has he has this obsession with leeches and stuff. Um, I don't know. We you know, see him in daylight.
3: Yeah. He's not a vampire.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe not the traditional. <laughs> Next <vampire>. subject. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he eats um, garlic.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh well, okay. he's back on the table. Um, I thought Lewin's death was really beautiful. I thought that they did a really good job with it. Um yeah, you know, so I actually up. cried and I've seen that what, like four or five times now. And I still get tears in my eyes when Lewin dies because he's just such such an honorable, kind man. When I see um, things
0: repeatedly, I almost get like more emotional about scenes like that, you know? It's not like mm-hmm. it hits me less, it's like it hits hits me more the second time going through it. Oh. That's interesting. Interestingly, yeah. Uh, and, and subsequently, like every time it's like it ex- escalates. Um, yeah, that's What it's scene a really are you hardcore. Guys talking about? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought it was a great scene too. Uh, <laughs> and the, actor,
4: the actor was so good.
0: And how fucked up is <laughs> that? It's like the most meth- messed up. Like this is probably the single most callous and cold and just like uncaring, like afterthought insignificant murder yes. that we've seen on the entire I mean, show. Because th- Dagmar
3: that- Clefjaw is the devil. He doesn't no even consider do him
0: that. as like a and life form. He just like stabs him in the gut yeah, and just, just like, lets that, him. like yeah. stepping
4: on a, a bug or something. It doesn't and even acknowledge th- it. That scene was almost comical. Like Oh, uh, look they just knocked out Theon right in the middle of a speech and then stabbed and just like
0: Lucy
3: took the football away. Yeah,
4: it's so <laughs> fucked <Yeah>.
3: ah.
4: <laughs> killed right. for no
0: for no reason. And yeah, you're right. That whole speech mm. is hilarious, like Theon he has some good performances in this. Like he he's yeah. screaming about the guy blowing the horn the whole episode, and cursing about it in that first conversation conversation with Maester Lewin and his voice is cracking because he's like screaming about it so much. And I think that Alfie Allen did like a great job getting into yeah. character for this. It really seemed very Theonish to me.
4: It, it's so uh, such a contrast to how he is after he you know Ramsay finishes with him. God, <laughs> just <laughs> so. Deflated. Yeah, he,
0: well, it's a yeah. He's all ego uh, until yeah. this point, and then he does not have an ego after that. Right. That's like
4: the whole thing is Ramsey removes his his sense mm-hmm. of ego and identity. So yeah, but you're totally do right. Do you uh, agree? Like eventually, there's this quiet strength that's starting to come up that w- w- probably maybe never would have. Yeah, if not for I that think that, that it's like
0: he started off as like a like a, his ego is overgrown, you know, and mm-hmm. Ramsey chopped it at the at the the stem essentially, at the at the base, and now it's, like, grown back up to, like, like a baby size, and it's, like, eventually it's gonna stay as, like, a <laughs> size of a shrub. Tail. Yeah, basically. But, I mean,
2: my...
4: I, yeah, but he's more of a... Um, he, he seems more clear-eyed than he ever was
0: before. I'm sure he'd rather grow, regrow something else other than his ego, but... Yeah, yeah.
4: I mean, I don't know if it's worth it. It's not worth it. But no. I do feel like he's got more integrity, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Now, and he realizes. He Absolutely. He finally realizes that he's not a scumbag Greyjoy. That he, yeah, he's a Greyjoy, <laughs> but
0: he, you know, is, in, incorporates more of like the Stark characteristics into like his morality. So he's in this yeah. this whole like era of his life he's conflicted by by wanting to follow his morality and then wanting to follow his father. And like the Starks represent like that moral aspect of his, of the dichotomy of the Theon mind. Whereas the Greyjoys represent like, obviously the dark side of temptation and, mm-hmm.
4: and evil. But even in his, like, most Greyjoyish, he was never, like, <laughs> no, a year-on-level yeah. year right. strength. Right, that's because
0: it contradicts, like, the <laughs> his How core is, like, yeah, his, I think uh-huh. the stark, embo- like, ideals embody his core. Yeah. But well, uh, also
4: he's been abandoned and, and he's such an outsider that he just lacks this certain confidence in himself. Sure.
3: Well, what's interesting about about Theon and his whole story is that if he had gone to the wall, like Lewin said, hey, run, go to the wall, go, you know, John will be there, you know, your sins will be forgiven, blah, blah, blah. If he had done that, he could have bypassed all of this because, you know, when he saw John, the final scene between them before he went off to go, uh, save his sister, you know, John looks at me, he's like, why do you have to choose? You don't have to choose. Be both, be Stark, be Greyjoy, you know, like you're Theon, you know who you are. And it's interesting to me because it's like, if he had just gone up, John probably would have been the best person to counsel him in this identity Absolutely. crisis that he was having because John's <laughs> yeah. whole life has been an identity crisis, especially he considering... handles it with such honor and right. grace yeah. and
0: truth. Yeah, it's true. You know? He's a whole, so, another example of an identity crisis
3: and he's got Targaryen in him, man. Okay. He's got the cray cray in him.
4: Yeah. The or cray. he may have just stabbed him like, he was Maester Lewin. Right? <laughs> just like a dog in the street. <laughs> um, no, because
3: Theon would have come clean. He would have been like, "Dude, Brandon Rickon, I, yeah, alive, the man. As they're long as alive." Brandon Rickon are
0: okay. John would have eventually be the forgiven him. First thing out of
4: your mouth, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah totally. And, and that's that's I think that decision that Theon makes to not to do that and potentially be absolved, I think, mm-hmm. is his penance. He he makes the decision to uh, to like punish himself essentially and go yeah. forward on his current path which is yeah. you know whereas Stannis is taking it out on Melisandre
3: <laughs> did you notice that um, Maester Lewin uh, suggested twice for uh, Theon and then Brandon Rickon to go up to see John at the wall
0: I didn't um, notice ho- this t- this I episode. think that he
3: holds him in very high regard oh, uh, which says a yeah. lot about John. Right.
0: Who doesn't hold um, John in high regard? I mean, everybody well, I mean, from at this, the first at episode. At this point in where, the story, right. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, Ned, Ned listens to him. You know, the direwolves, there's five of them, one for each of your children. You know, like, people respect John. We know that immediately. He's the one counseling Bran, you know, don't look away, father will know.
3: Right, uh, but I mean, John never picked up on that, I think. I think he right, always just thought definitely. of himself as a bastard because he felt that hate mm-hmm. from Catelyn so much. Right. And... <laughs> And even,
4: I, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: No, 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 that's okay.
4: Well, even, he um, we greet. she's just trying to figure out a way to sleep with him by taunting him <laughs> into it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she know, wants she that kills, stark he baby. kills
3: corn half hand and she's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you and me in my tent she later. Says, Stab okay. me
0: next,
2: Johnny boy. Let's
3: do it. Stab me next. I know of cave. <laughs> But that probably uh, goes in a corin
4: the last thing with uh, about uh the whole scene with Lewin is just uh it was just yeah incredibly intense having osha kill him quickly right. I, wow know, what screw a moment the fucking poppy milk or whatever just get it over with but uh watching hodar carry bran around i'm like that's gonna get a lot harder later on you know i feel yeah i was like thinking God. about
0: that too actually
4: uh it's it's
0: funny that they had he was dragging him with a cart at this point pushing the cart because um um the actor Christian Nairn, it turns out has back problems and he had been carrying Bran but he started to like having issues so oh, they wow. so they brought in the, uh, the the cart to compensate for that okay, which okay. contradicts the uh, the like the typical book image of Bran on Hodor's back hmm.
3: yeah but you know what was cool was that when he he came back to Winterfell he was on a cart
0: yeah it's true he left and arrived on the on a similar style cart so it's cool <laughs> I feel funny. bad.
3: We've gotten completely off track of your number two. <laughs>
0: no, because my number two enveloped all of the uh, aspects of uh, Lewin's death, so it's perfect. But yeah, I mean, okay. I
4: think we covered that pretty well at this point, right? So,
0: did you want to talk well, about, about Corin?
2: Corin, yeah, yeah, that's
0: the next like, half.
4: Yeah, I, th- I felt like back then and now, really, he's going to sacrifice his own life to just make it so that they believe John is, you know, potentially a deserter. And I think that now
0: that you Corrin say that, cause I was thinking the was same coming.
4: thing that he knew that like what was coming, but
0: he also may have like just known he wasn't going to get out of it alive. That once the wildlings had him, like he was toast. It's like, like That's quite uh, a sacrifice for yeah. a possibility. Well, yeah. If he was going to die anyway, he could at least make John look good so that maybe John could get out and get some Intel, you know, yeah.
3: But he told John, yeah, it's too. he extreme. said, he said, make sure, cause John said those, those men died for me. And he said, make sure it was for, it wasn't for nothing.
0: Right. And,
3: mm-hmm. you know, I think that seeing that, um, that Lord Commander Mormont, had him as right hand and and released him to corin saying okay this is this is your fast track now this is you know this is how it's going to be now you go with him be a ranger and like you've got to learn this because when you're going to come back you're probably going to lead you know um my guess (laughs) is that the rangers and and mormont and all these watchmen knew what was coming the wildlings or um the white walkers the whites the the great war the long night they knew it. They needed a leader. It was him, and he needed like a fast education. Yeah,
0: that fast track we talked about. And it also—I yeah. don't know if you—if you're current on our podcast, Jason—but we talked about tinfoil theory where Corrin had run into Benjen up in the in the north, and Benjen had already been in communication with the Three Eyed Raven, who saved him from dying um, after he was, you know, almost killed by the White Walkers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Benjen could have told Corin about like what's going to happen and Corrin may have known for weeks or months that he was going to have to kill himself just because <laughs> he may have already been informed like oh uh, you're going to meet Jon Snow like you got to do this and play your part so that's the tinfoil theory with Corrin's motivation
2: okay <laughs> I, I'm
4: just going to forget about Corrin now <laughs> he's done sounds good <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, that's the other, you know, he's the, the other, at least brief mentor for John, the mentor figure that dies. And then uh, John's propelled into the, into the hero's journey um, with no turning back at this point. He's got to, to play his part to survive. And uh, it's just, you know, interesting that there's two of them in one episode uh, that sort of mirrored each other. I thought that was kind of a cool little theme uh, that this one particular part of the hero's journey is sort of examined in a couple different ways this episode. So that's yeah. pretty much sums up that, I think. Number two. Yeah. I mean, Corin's death is
4: badass, too. What's his last line? We are the watchers on the wall, right?
3: Oh, so awesome.
4: Yeah. What if he had, like, charged at John and John was like, I don't want to.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> I <don't
4: want> <laughs> Corrin is great Corrin though should probably just kill John at that point I love it he's like is that all you
0: got you know your, your traitor father your whore mother
3: he said whore mother and John was like Fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> that was right. yeah, the end out.
4: of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that reminds me of when I was in college at UC Santa Barbara, and we always used to tell the most like rank mom jokes to each other because <laughs> that's, that's awesome. just what we did, right? Yeah. And then uh, my friend's brother came to visit for a weekend, and somebody said something about my friend's mom, like we always did. And his brother <laughs> stood up, like, "What'd you say?" And my friend's <laughs> like, it's, "It's okay, it's okay." <laughs> I
5: love that. <laughs> that's a Oh, anyway.
3: I love it. People aren't in on the joke. Yeah, that yeah. reminds me
0: of a funny story. I don't know if I've told it on the podcast before, but it's pretty pretty funny. Um what's his face? Um not Seth Rogan, but Jonah Hill, right? You know Jonah Hill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the other basically. guy. Um, uh, he was at like some nightclub in LA or whatever, and he goes into the bathroom and he sees his friend at the urinal, right? So he runs over and grabs his friend by the shoulders and shakes him and goes, it was an earthquake. And so the guy's like pissing all over the place, you know, and and his friend turns around and it's not his friend. He he mistaked it for the wrong person and it's, it's Casey Affleck. And Casey Affleck's oh, like, no. why'd you do that? He's like, oh my God, I, I'm so sorry. I thought you were my friend. He's like, why would you do that to your friend? <laughs> <laughs> Same type of thing with your mama jokes, right? Like.
4: Why would you say that to your friend? You know, that's funny. That's a good one. You got to try
3: that. (laughs) Earthquake. So glad I'm a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'm just going to go into my number two. (laughs) Sounds good. Um, So we touched on it earlier. I just wanted to kind of break it down just a little bit. But it was Melisandre's uh, speech was uh, Stannis. So. You know she says this war has just begun it will last for years thousands will die at your command you will betray the man serving you you will betray your family you will re- betray everything you once held dear and it will all be worth it because you will be you are the son of fire you're the warrior of the night um you will sweep aside this pretender and that and you will sweep aside this pretender and that one and you will be king so what's so interesting intense. here So what's interesting here is that, okay, the war has just begun. It'll last for a thousand. It'll last for years. We already know that she's talking about the long night, in my opinion. Stannis thinks it's about the war for the Iron Throne. The throne, throne, right. Melisandre is like, nah, dude. It's the, it's the big one. Even she right? doesn't
0: know at this point because she doesn't realize it until he gets the letter from the Night's Watch that Davos reads and finally when he learns how to read, right? And then she realizes that the war isn't the war for the throne. It's the great war, you know, that we need to save the kingdoms to win the throne. And that's when Stannis, like, super changes his outlook on the whole process. So, yeah, you're, yeah, totally.
3: Yeah, and, and maybe to a certain extent that she actually thinks that it is... The, the Great War, because my guess is that her powers have intensified since the dragons have been born. Yeah,
0: and as far as they know, the War for the Throne is the biggest scale war for like the most powerful position in the kingdoms, and the you know whoever's in the throne it, it, that that determines how the realm will will be, you know, if it's going to be good for people. Mm -hmm. So that is a great war without knowing of the full war like that. Of
3: what's going on. Yeah. So what's interesting is, is she starts to speak some truth here. She says, you will betray the man serving you. And that's obviously Davos. Oh, she said
0: man. I thought she said men.
3: I know. I re I, I redid it. Um, a few times because I'm like I think she said man, cool. and so I, I redid it, redid it, and she said man, and she and he does betray Davos. I mean he he Just strips him of Hannah the king. He puts him in, he puts him in a cell. He has to earn his way back, and then he really ultimately betrays him, as you say, by burning his daughter. Which is interesting that Davos was more upset about it, but whatever. <laughs> um, it what <laughs>
0: she taught him to read. Oh, right. right. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Um, you will betray your family. Well, we all kind of know how that ended up. Um, <laughs> you will betray everything you once held dear. Right. So like his daughter, be- his daughter, his wife, even mm. the throne, right. you know, he's betrayed it all for, for the throne. He's betrayed the actual throne. In my opinion, he's betrayed the honor and and the ability to get there by the steps he's taken right. to get there. Like right? the throne he's driven would be sullied if he sat there. Mad. Uh, What's that? Like
4: the throne
0: would be sullied if he sat there.
3: Yes. Uh, yes, definitely. It's um, like a
4: politician that just cor- is corrupt along the way to get, you know, more yeah, power. Just to get what he wants. Totally. The means
3: to the end.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Um... And it says, and it will all be worth it. And at this point, I think when she says, and it'll all be worth it, now she's just kind of like trying to get his ego up, right? Yep. And that's because also the starts,
0: Machiavellian brainwashing, like the ends justify the means uh, whole right. outlook, like you're saying. Right,
3: because she's full of confidence that this is the man, Stannis the Manis. <laughs> the <you say>. Manis. <laughs> um, And, you know, she's stroking his hair and she's like, come look into the fire and really look in there. And, you know, we know that. Well, we know now. I'm not sure that we knew before on on first glance, but we know now, you know, I think it's pretty obvious she's kind of telling him a story and getting him to see in the flames what she wants him to see because he's kind of ready to just give it all up. And if he gives it all up, that means she's wrong and that probably will make the Lord of Light angry or whatever. But I liked what you said earlier, Duncan, about the fact that um, about how it she may not have known that it was Stannis that wasn't the prince that was promised but maybe it was fueling stannis to get to the wall to save the wall to save john so that she could be there to resurrect john ultimately right, right? like you never know yeah. and she says and she says to Dan- daenerys uh in season seven uh she says listen prophecies are a funny thing You know, you don't trust the words. You just, you know, you hear one thing, it could mean something different. Like she, she's grown even in this small amount of time for how old she is. (laughs) She's still grown (laughs) through this entire experience, which I think is great.
4: And I think it's clear that she doesn't know. I mean, I think she does think that uh, Stannis is the manis because when, you know, it all goes to shit and she's up there trying to resurrect John you can tell she's so deflated, you know, mm-hmm. it's not yeah, like she's like, this is why I'm really here. It's like, God, uh, oh, God, I don't know. I hope this works. And, I mean, and then yeah. when he comes back, then she's like, OK, OK, maybe this is what it was supposed to be.
0: And I mean, she wasn't, but then like, she was wrong. banished.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she knew when to step out later. Right. right. Various finds her on that cliff and is like, why like, aren't you down there? You know, no, 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 she no, goes, no, no. no this, <laughs> will, this will, will ruin me. everything. Yeah. They need to be get. I brought fire and ice together. I've done what I need to do. Now I'm going to go, right? So you could tell she's had her own little arc here, which is wonderful. But at this, at this point in, this, in the story, I, I think that there's two, two parts of her speech. And you will betray everything you once held dear. You can kind of draw a line right there. And that's about the halfway point. And the rest of what she says is stroking this guy's ego just to get him to do what she needs him Mm. to do next. So Mm. I
0: like his reaction to you promise these things. You don't know know what
3: he's such a weasel. You know, (laughs) he's so cool. I love Stannis. I love, I love everything he did in Blackwater. I love, um, how to
0: take the easy way out though. In certain ways. Yeah.
3: Yes, absolutely. But, um, he's not a
4: coward, but he's, uh, not, uh, he doesn't have honor at the same time. <laughs> he's not a coward. Like he agree himself. with himself. Yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like he's
4: brave. So, but
2: yeah,
3: very brave. I mean, mm. very brave. He was first off the boat, first right. up the ladder for, you know, great. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's my number two. It's just kind of breaking down, um, uh, Melisandre's prophecy speech and
0: nice. Yeah. There was a very I, uh, powerful moment with her. And very
3: much so I she agree she'd be grinding mm-hmm.
0: something in her fingers that Stannis is breathing to you know manipulate <laughs> him or something too Like
3: pupils dilate. It. yeah
0: it's it was too weird um, you just have to wonder about stuff like that especially when she's known for doing that type of stuff right mm-hmm. she's super slick that's
4: such a cool idea that's cool thanks
3: mm-hmm. how about you Jason number one
4: well, my number one was going to be Theon, but we've really covered that well, so I'll go into one of my notes that was a little bit longer, which is just the whole thing with Jamie and Brian. Oh, uh, nice. I, I really like that the first time we see Jamie and Brian this Shit. episode, the first thing out of his mouth is... You're a virgin, I take it. It's,
2: he's such a <laughs> dick. like,
4: what a dick, dude. Yeah. And she's like, walk, and shoves him. And and he's just getting, needling her the whole time. And I, I just can't decide how much of that is him, like, strategically trying to uh, progressively get under her skin, and how much is him just being bored and trying to have fun and amuse himself. I think it's largely <laughs>
2: both. It, he's such it, a
4: dick. It's and it, probably it, both, yeah. he's
0: saying, I can't, you know, someone must have tried to get inside Big Brienne, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they tried.
4: <laughs> what are, uh, but you I fucked meant,
0: them off. She has a really funny moment, right? Where uh, she's none of them were strong enough. I'm strong enough.
2: Not yeah. interested.
4: <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> You'd love to know what it feels like to be a woman <laughs> when he says, uh, you know, maybe you wish that one of those guys would have been strong enough to overpower you. Uh, I feel like metaphorically. Uh, you know, a lot of women want a guy not to overpower in, in that sense, but to be strong enough to stand up. To some to like that, them, right? <laughs> yeah, I would agree with I that, mean, right? Like you don't I want mean, no wimp.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm somebody
3: who, and my husband can attest to this, who is a very much so I'll do it myself kind of woman, but there is something very primal inside all of us that is like, yeah, yeah. Do that for me. Cool. Please.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) Right. Right. And so, so he, 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 he knows, you know, he knows human nature, right? He's, he's a very um, intelligent, complicated guy. I mean, they say he's not that intelligent, but I think he has social intelligence anyway. So then there's these three (laughs) guys that accost them and, um, one of them said he saw Jamie at Whispering Wood, and I guess that's where he was captured by Rob. Right? So Correct. they're Starks. So they saw him being captured. That's how they know. Oh, that that's what. Th- okay. Good. 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 Jaime right. Lannister, and it was interesting to me that these guys serve the Starks because they're dickholes, and it I, just shows so,
3: totally right
4: that in this world, even Stark men can be murderous assholes.
3: They walk up, and I'm like, they're in northern armor. Like, you could tell they're from the north by their yeah. little skirt, their skirt dresses. The kilts. You know?
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Sorry, Jason. I totally stepped on you, but no, I, that
4: was my last thing. I just, you know, I like, I, I mean, I love all everything with Jamie and Brienne and how it progresses and it's fun. To, I forgot how contentious it was at first. And I'm just so looking forward to when it gets deep and they have this profound respect for each other. But right now that's anything but that.
3: Oh no! I, I, you know what? I would kind of disagree with that only because I think that Jamie saw how easily she took down those right. three guys. the she,
0: on his he face. Was he, was yeah. he was shocked. He was shocked. Automatic right. and respect uh, was
3: in his eyes. I agree. While well, she that. was yeah, doing yeah. that
0: too, she was focused on that third guy. I remember, two slow deaths, and then she like oh, stabbed was him, so, <laughs> so fucking hardcore. But. Jamie was shocked by how by how like easily she took down those guys. He could have been he could have been grabbing for their swords and he didn't. He stood there and was just like astonished watching her. And so I'm like, oh. thinking wow, like he was shook.
2: What was
3: great is that she took both the sword and the dagger and she's like slice and then she just drops it like a g and she grabs her last sword and she's like i say my biggest one for you motherfucker here we go you know and she's like yeah and and you could just see she just was going in between the legs and up his body and i just loved every second of that
0: (laughs) oh yeah it was so
4: brutal the
0: look it's in his something face, something very too.
3: savage in me that loved it.
4: <laughs> me, too, actually. Like yeah, There's a part definitely. of me that's like, oh, she didn't even need to kill that guy. But it, it's like, get, get rid of him. She's, yes. a, she's a brutal yeah. murderer, if you think about it. But, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that was awesome. Yeah. And and it uh, was almost
4: like she, she was resentful that she even had to bother with it. But it's got to be done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I love Brian. Yeah, me, too. Me, too. She kissed me on the cheek one time.
3: Oh, uh. shut your face. Are you serious? <laughs> I've yeah, embraced I got her a
4: panel with her and uh, it was fantastic. And she was on fire. She's like the and nicest person. I forgot person name at one point And she goes, you don't even watch the show. And I was like,
2: yes, I do. <laughs>
4: <laughs> she's great. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. awesome. Yeah,
0: she's oh my awesome. gosh, really I'm good, so nice jealous
3: of you right now. <laughs> she's tall, man. She's
0: super tall. Yeah. She must have been wearing tall. high heels when I met her, too, because I'm not like short i'm like six one and a half and i was looking up at her
3: i've seen the picture with you and called drogo
4: yeah he's big you're tall and he's he's beastly she
0: -hmm.
2: needs to
4: hook up with Tyrion. oh man (laughs) i don't know how that would go
2: (laughs) um for
3: anybody that hasn't seen it just as a side note there is i've posted it on our patreon page i believe but There's a a video of Gwendolyn Christie and John Boyega doing what's in the box. Um, (laughs) And it's like a a fear type of thing where they have to put their hands in the box and they don't know what's in the box.
2: And Gwendolyn
3: Christie is fantastic. I mean... She's wonderful. She's wonderful as she puts her hands in the box. She's wonderful as she's telling John Boyega not to put his hand in the box. Um, who <laughs> plays Who plays Finn in Star Wars? If um, people don't know who John Boyega two is, three he three plays seven Finn or... in the new Star Wars movies. But it's it's a really great video, and it kind of shows her personality and how wonderful she is. Was and she scared I want to her put to her in the friend. box? Oh. Have you not seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I'm sending it to you later tonight. Okay. It's fantastic. Was she scared or like, or
0: like was she like super cool about yeah, it? Yeah,
3: she goes. She goes. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. No.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. I feel like if I was doing something like that, I would know that whatever show I'm on, they're not gonna have me put my hand in like a meat grinder or something. So she I wouldn't, I wouldn't puts, even be worried well, about it. Well, she
3: picks up a snake, a live snake, and she thinks it's oh.
0: intestines. Oh, that's wild.
3: And then she flips the. Out when she finds out it's a snake. So there that's
0: you go. funny. That's great. I gotta watch that. Uh, where Anyways. were we? Oh, we're just wrapping up with uh, Brienne and Jamie, right? Mm-hmm. Anything else you guys want to mention about that? I noticed that Jamie's hair was pretty dark in this scene, and it was definitely not like the stereotypical golden Lannister, uh, you know, hairdo. So,
3: you know what? I loved um, how quickly they were able to play off of each other. You know, um, they knew that their lives were kind of at stake yeah. in this situation.
0: Yeah. That's a, yeah, that was brilliant. Them, yeah. Wh- what was Apparently it? Apparently it's a crime to eat. Right. And it's a crime goes, to, just steal. to steal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not a crime to, it, to starve to death. Imagine that.
3: It's funny because when he goes, I want you to answer at the same time, what's his name? And I thought to myself, yeah. why would she care what his name is? <laughs> you know, like all she had to do was answer with, I don't give a shit what his name is. I'm just ta- I have, yeah. orders are orders. Yeah. Go right. fuck off.
0: <laughs> totally. Go fuck yourself, pansy boy. Yeah. She, yeah she, Thank you
3: for bringing up Brienne and Jamie. Yeah. Jason. That was wonderful. Love
0: Definitely. Them.
3: So. We're up to you, Duncan.
0: Up to me. Okay. My number one. My number one was just wondering why the whites didn't attack Sam. Um we kind of talked about that. So let's see. We can uh just skip along to you, Kristen, and then I'll like come up with some notes in the meantime.
3: Okay. Um I just wanted to talk about the House of the Undying a little bit more. Ooh, alright. Um, that was my number one. So I'm I'm kinda like you, Jason. I really, really love this scene, but with the first time I saw it and the first time I read it, to be honest i just didn't appreciate it i was um i felt very stagnant in karth i felt like things weren't moving this um, is common
0: too that a lot of people feel this way at least for right. sure the first and time through
3: i totally get it and it was it was really really hard so when we finally got to the house of the undying i felt like we were moving somewhere which was wonderful um but now that I've seen it a couple of times and now I'm seeing it kind of in a bigger picture, it's fun to see this series of tests that she went through because now I'm asking myself questions, right? Right. She goes into the throne room um, and it's covered in snow, which now we know it could relate to this long night and this great war. And since you're
0: mentioning it, if it is a vision of the future, um, it's either inaccurate or... Or there's been changes from what's happening now, because right now, Cersei has removed the seven-pointed star from over the Iron Throne, you know, in the okay, window behind that's, it.
3: Okay, good. I'm glad that you said that, because she did keep the spikes.
0: Right. Around yeah. the pillars. She, uh... So, oh, she brought the spikes back.
3: Um, they never left.
0: No, because... Oh, oh, kept the spikes right because they were like flowery yeah, or whatever before him. Because
3: jo- Joffrey made them, yeah. Joffrey removed all the flowers and vines after Robert's death, and he added the spikes and the fire around all the pillars. Yep.
0: Uh-huh. So
3: she still, she still has that. He has
0: good style. You can give him that.
3: Shut up. <laughs> 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 so. So, you know, she walks in. Sorry. No, no, (laughs) it's hilarious. And it's all like, it's all pillars and spikes and, you know, it's clearly um, Joffrey. But you could also say maybe it's what's going on now. But I I didn't know that about the seven. But when you look up, everything's burned away. Right? Right. So does that mean maybe that the dragons come in, they burn um, uh, the red keep? Right?
0: Yeah. Or it could be related to the wildfire.
3: Um, you, you don't know what's going to happen with that. I mean, Dan, Daenerys doesn't want to, essentially... She 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 doesn't want to kill the people, but she does want to kill Cersei. It was and if she dies by scene. dragon fire, I'm totally fine with that.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it would be uh, poetic, <laughs> for sure. Oh, um, man, that's like the... Oh, man, that'd be crazy. I think it would be great. Roaster. Um,
3: So... So yeah, she goes into the throne room and it's all burned up. How it's beautiful is in that? While we're,
0: while we're there, right? Like gorgeous, right?
3: Yes. Yeah, and she I
0: drops like the torch and approaches the throne. And but uh, then she
3: hears the dragons.
0: Right, but she, there's this yeah. moment where she's like about to touch the throne. You know, yes. and she's reaching out her hand, so and the throne has snow all over it. And it would be like ice and fire coming together for a second. You know, and she hears the dragons in the distance and resists it. Temptation to seat the throne.
3: You could Badass. even go so far as to, you know, talk about the fact that there's snow all over that, you know, as she's right, trying to get is to the throne. Snow.
0: It's not ash; it's snow. When when it's up close and and because uh, people, I remember, it's been speculating uh, maybe that it's it ash, ash. Like, yeah, but that's definitely snow on the arm of the throne, like on. The but it could have a double sword. meaning,
3: is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, in yeah, John sure. Snow, right? Yeah, definitely. Because what does she do right after she turns away? She goes through the wall,
2: yeah, right she goes through the,
3: the gate, and you know that's an interesting little juxtaposition that they put together, so you know she goes out into the wall through through the gate that we see the East Watch Seven go through, and so many people go through um over the course of the series and what does she see? She sees this tent, she goes towards the tent she sees Drogo and Rego um what's interesting to me. And this scene is so beautiful. I mean, everybody that sees this episode, they always remember Drogo came back and Drogo and Danny got to reunite. Um, this time when I watched it, it was interesting because as she walked away, she heard the dragons again. As she's saying, when the sun sets, sets, what was it? Rises in the west and sets in the east. And she says the little thing that Mary Ma's door Told right. her when Drogo would come back to her. And if this is a dream, um,
0: I will kill the man who tries to wake me until the sun rises mm, in the west and sets in the right. east, until the rivers run dry and the mountains blow
4: in the wind like leaves.
3: Yes. So she Which stands maybe up that and That sort
4: of reminds her that means it's not real.
3: <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> you know, it's so not when she
3: stands up and walks away, Drogo goes back into a set mode. I don't know if you saw it, but. He never quite looked her in the eye the entire oh, he goes, goes to
4: Westworld.
3: But he goes still. Yeah, that's like,
0: creepy, man. He's like like he's just, just a projection just waiting to interact. Right. Yeah. Like just so just in he, standby mode. So that was
3: her test, right? Are you going to stay here? Are you going to leave?
0: Totally totally test um I like I like that line. Maybe I
4: told the great stallion to go fuck himself and came back here to wait for you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's I did totally like that.
4: Like her deepest desires manifested and exactly mm-hmm. the way he would really talk that would charm her the most. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's everything she would ever imagine, like what she
0: wanted. Uh, yeah, different, all these different forms of temptation. It's wild. Mm-hmm. So
3: as she's leaving. You know, and she doesn't look back. That's when I was struck by if I turn back, I am lost. If, yeah, if I look back, Which, I'm lost. Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: Definitely
0: so, great.
3: I just I mean, feel like
4: what, was it was like, is this a test concocted by the warlocks or is it her own within her own mind, like her own? test it's, of herself I think that the you know? warlocks were using their
0: magic right the warlocks yeah. were, were, were entering her mind and trying to tempt her first with the temptation of power to lure her into their illusion to stay forever yeah. she sits the throne she lives in their world forever in under the illusion right. of being the queen that didn't work so they tried to
4: tempt her with that's what it is. With yeah. love mm-hmm. and they're fantasy they're trying to get her to buy into this fantasy yeah. so that she'll be complacent yeah. and they're
0: like Peter right. Baelish you know like oh this method didn't work let me change tactics mm-hmm. and try this but minute. I mean <laughs> it,
4: it could be, uh, it doesn't really matter, but it could be, they don't even know what's going on. They just know how to trigger like, okay, your deepest desires. Manifest yeah, ex- whatever exactly. Like
0: whatever it you is. Know. They don't know anything mm-hmm. about it. They're just like, okay, we'll trigger greed and power. Nope. That didn't mm-hmm. work. We'll trigger lust and love, you know, like, well, you know?
4: Mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting. Pretty yeah, cool. you're right. There probably aren't really that many, huh?
3: <laughs> For most <laughs>
4: people. You just try a few of those.
0: And,
2: right. Yeah. You'll
3: eventually get the <laughs> right. Unless it's like, it's like Danny action. or
0: Jon yeah. Snow. Like, <laughs> it's going to work. So,
3: so what's cool is that um, when she finally gets to and, and she sees the dragons, um, um, the warlock. Now, his name is totally escaping me. Pyat Pri. Thank you. Um, he says, you know, we're strongest when the dragons are alive and they're strongest when there with you and it's almost like something clicks with danny in that moment because she's like this is the strongest her baby dragons are going to be because there's all this magic that has converged on yeah. this one room like if they're right? gonna breathe
0: fire right now is the yeah, perfect time. those to dragons try. <laughs> are not
3: big enough to do what they did rock right? paper
0: scissors i have written down dragon beats warlock
3: <laughs> every time so she says it and she's like you know Dracarys, like, I'm just gonna fucking
2: do this <laughs> shit. She blows a right.
4: smoke right. ring at first
2: so, Drogon.
3: Right.
2: <laughs> she Love didn't that. even,
4: like, scream it. She's like, oh, Dracarys. right, we're strong. All right, yeah. you're, you're dead. And they
0: dead. So the
3: warlocks are strong because of the dragons, and, sh- and the dragons are strongest because of her, and she's strongest because it's all in the same room that it's all converging on each other. So she's like, you know what? I'm playing my whole hand right now. Yeah, it's like a and flux like, conversion or
4: something. The one thing That's I wild. don't know is how she got out of there since there's no doors. Once they the illusion, like,
0: uh, yeah, there probably is a door, but, like, they have an right. illusion, you know, so that you can yeah. only see it, like, if they allow you to or something, the way they access your mind, the same type of thing, I imagine. So maybe when when uh, he, you know, he dies, the chains evaporate, like, uh, everything Turns real uh, to what it really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. might even just be gone. Yeah. And also, this <laughs> oh, is, that would
3: be interesting to see.
0: This whole scene in the books is like way crazy. So I highly oh, recommend insane. reading this. Like, wow, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Read the books. Hail Hydra. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Hail Hydra. <laughs> Definitely.
3: Um, okay. So, yeah, that was my number one. It's just kind of like that whole house of the undying and just kind of breaking mm-hmm. down what happened to her in the series of tests and what it could mean for the future what it meant for her now So
0: <laughs> you will be with them through winter summer winter again across a thousand thousand seasons you'll be with them see
3: I thought that that meant something and then I thought oh wait this is just a crazy guy
0: <laughs> and we will be with you until time comes literally crossed
3: it out <laughs> <laughs>
0: classic dragon beats warlock <laughs>
3: <laughs> Lizard Spock.
0: <laughs> oh man, I thought it was cool how the uh, the first thing that that um, Tyrion says when he wakes up, Pod, Pod, <laughs> calls him Pod. Find find and this is important. He there's two people that he trusts Pod to find. He says find Bron or Varys. So that plays into you know you guys thinking Varys is trustworthy as well. Yeah, because Tyrion thinks Varys is trustworthy enough to I be mean, the first person
4: he summons. I mean, there, there's just like no one trustworthy, so it's not saying much, you
2: know? <laughs> yeah.
4: but I still, I think he, um, he's like me, he's like, well, so far everything Various has done has, has seemed good. And so hopefully it yeah. will you know, be turn out to be that way.
0: Yep. I think that that is pretty accurate. And then, you know, um, Pycelle is there and he's such a, a snooty, like, so smug. He's such a douche. He's just loving, like, sticking it to Tyrion. He, like, reaches down like he's gonna, like, pick at his bandages, and Tyrion, like, slaps his hands away. He's, you know, just being a total dick about everything. Uh, a little cramped, perhaps, but... You don't need much room, do you? You know, such like an asshole, being such a dick. You're no longer for the hand, the hand of the king. He hands him like a gold dragon for your trouble. You know, a scumbag. Yeah. And it's like insult. Yeah, and Tywin has essentially showed up and shit all over Tyrion's victory, shit all over Tyrion's handship, shit all over Tyrion, everything Tyrion had going. And then that's immediately personified uh, and manifested physically when Tyrion's or Taiwan Tywin's horse. Drops a deuce all over the throne room, yeah. Symbolizing the how, how right at yeah. the horse's asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. symbolizing how he shits all over everything and and Should Tyrion happen. specifically. So yeah, I thought that was a great <laughs>
4: little thing. I was sort of like at first, I was like, why is. Why is Tyrion in so much trouble? He just, you know, was a hero and I thought, well, maybe cuz he actually didn't quite succeed and it took Tywin to come in and help to really seal the deal. But then I realized, uh, oh, uh Cersei was trying to have him killed and that guy that I didn't realize that the guy that um cut him was on was Lannister, right? Or was, right, on was on the Right, he was the King's Guard. It was Ser yeah. Mandon Moore. And and Circe did that because she thinks in her paranoia that he's trying to kill her children. Um, so she's just engineering it. So he's a persona non grata, especially now that Tywin's back and all the power can be handed over to him.
0: Yeah. And what a crazy mm-hmm. scene. Uh, you know, finally Tywin shows up in the throne room and he's riding on the horse as everybody else is on, on foot, which is just so like such a, an assertion of, of power, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Joffrey is thanking him and I, Joffrey, house of my, you know, first of my name, etc. Thank you, Tywin Lannister, the savior of the city of the hand of the king. And he just, thank you, your grace, you know, and just like spins off on his horse and rides off like, and like that horse. Whatever. Yeah, that horse was <laughs> gorgeous, man. Wow. Did you see that
4: beautiful horse? Even the way it walked was like really cool clomp clop yeah (laughs) he he's like the guy that comes in after you loosen the bottle and he he opens it and gets all the credit
0: yeah yeah basically and it was so funny um tywin joffrey and cersei all looked very much related in the scene just the way that they were like carrying themselves the smug like looks on all three of their faces were very similar except joffrey was slouching in the throne uh which adds that sort of personality uh Trait to his ja,
4: character, perfect that kid plays that so well. I Jack, know whatever what Jack, his name? yeah, Jack Leeson. Because he, I, I've never seen anyone have such a punchable face before. <laughs> he he moves his head to side to side, That's and his exactly mouth is kind of hanging open, and his eyes are like halfway open, and he's just such to such talk special so good being with a
0: Girls, yeah, kiss it together and when I return.
4: <laughs> I marvel at it. It's it's really, I mean, even as brutal as he is and as much as you hate him, I, I like... I I love watching him on screen and I I welcome this chance to go back and see this era of the show. And I think he totally got what he deserved, but it's really fun to go back and see him.
0: It's so, I agree. And that's one thing that I love. There's, there's this other podcast called the Joffrey of podcasts. Have you guys heard of it before? (laughs) No, I've heard of it. Oh, it's great. Bubba and Catfish, uh, two really great (laughs) guys. We should have them on sometime if they'll come on. It'd be awesome. Um, they're really super in depth too, but, uh, they, their whole shtick is that they like they do the podcast as if Joffrey is like the greatest and everything is about Joffrey. So whenever they talk <laughs> about <awesome>. Tyrion, <laughs> they call him evil Uncle Tyrion <laughs> and, and stuff like that. It's and they have their Joffrey of the week and uh, you know like it's a really good podcast. Uh, but I don't know I, when I met Jack Gleeson, I wanted nothing more than to rec- get a recording of him saying, "This is Jack Gleeson and you're listening to the Joffrey of podcasts." But it just didn't like I didn't have the time to ask him, unfortunately. <laughs> what did you have the time to do? Uh, just say, just take a picture so with hey, him really quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. I mean, I heard he's really nice. Yeah, he is. He's, I mean, he seemed really cool. Hard to believe. Yeah, no, nice he's just could like, a, like that. Just constant <laughs> smile. Sophie
3: Turner said that she wishes that he could come back so that she could just work with him again.
0: Right. Oh, uh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's everybody's yeah. raves about him. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a so great anybody- scene. <laughs> what
4: were you going to say? All right.
3: I was just going to say, does anybody have any notes? But you're in your notes. I forgot. I have
4: one. (laughs) Okay, Uh, cool. Are you, are you, do you have more, Duncan?
3: Sorry.
0: Um,
4: I mean, yeah, there's always more to come back to. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I had a ton, but we've covered them all. But the only one I have left is that it, it occurred to me that, you know, Rob demanded that Theon be kept alive you know, tell your bastard son, Roose Bolton, to keep him alive so I can come back and execute him myself. Oh. And maybe it was that order that was that caused Theon to be tortured for all of season three. Oh you know? man. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe they would have just killed him right off the bat, like they did all of the I think um, everybody else got flayed I think. Yeah, they all get flayed so he probably would have just been flayed right Dagmar,
0: off Dagmer yeah, Dagmer bopped Theon on the head like a field mouse and thought he was going to get to go back to uh, the Iron Islands. No sir. Idiot. <laughs> no sir. Oh Idiot. man. Yeah. Pretty bad. Oh, I thought Baelish's facial expression upon hearing the word Harrenhal Hall when, he, when he's, you know, given Harrenhal. Was priceless. It like, gets this like maniacal like grin where just like ecstasy for a pure like a split second, <laughs> and his eyebrows like shoot up real quick, and uh, it's so funny. Um, Sansa when when she's uh, being set aside is hilarious. Like the way that she's smiling, and it was similar to you know her attitude when when being in the uh, the room with all the women and children during the Battle of Blackwater, how she didn't understand that you know the city would like if it was sacked it would turn into a rape fest and everybody would be screwed um literally and metaphorically and there's, there's sort of like a similar scene here like she she got a good w- call of like awakening there but uh, the Peter Baelish solidifies it further here by saying what do you think Joffrey's just gonna give you up like you're gonna be his plaything um so that's pretty fucked up she has another realization there that like it's not over um Baelish just has so many epic lines all the time. Um, we're all liars here, and every one of us is better
4: than he, better than you. It's a great line. This is Baelish's first real big like score, right? Like, it's a big score for him.
0: Oh, like Lord Harrenhal's
4: social status, yeah, just shot well,
0: up. Well, I mean, being master of coin is a pretty big deal, too. I you guess know? that, that's
3: <laughs> yeah, <being> on <laughs> that's, the that's small pretty coin. huge. Yeah. Being on the small council,
0: yeah, uh, but now he's. Yeah. Give me control of a nation's money and I care not who makes its laws, you know?
3: No, but he did get a castle that's more than Braun ever got.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <Poor> <laughs> so <Bron>. far.
3: <laughs> so far,
0: there's still hope. There's still hope. Um, I was sad that Varys totally got Roz killed here, uh, at least to set the ball in motion. I liked uh, the point that, that Catelyn was making about how even if your relationship... Like, it doesn't start out with passion and whatnot. Like, they built it and made it work and, like, built a foundation for their relationship with her and Ned. <clears throat> Something that, like, is built to last, you know? Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. And it just made, sort of made me think about, like, the current generation and, and the way that social media affects people. And I think that, like, relationships in general tend to be, like, more superficial. Um, so I don't know. I just think that just made me think about that, which I thought was interesting. I uh, thought the,
4: the Rob and Joffrey I don't know. parallel. I stopped having new relationships a long time ago.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I mean,
0: sort it's like not, really. not like I mean, like even friendships, you know, just like, uh, like all kinds of relationships, not like just romantic yeah. ones. Um, romantic. I thought it was big that we learned that Cersei had men um, and more try to kill Tyrion, so that was important that we found found that out. It sucks that Bronn got fired. Oh, I liked that. um, I liked that. That varies. Appreciated what Tyrion did and how he saved the city. Um, and at least somebody Varys is awesome. Yeah, somebody gave Tyrion the recognition that he deserved, and he got he got Shay for him too. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. And uh, yeah, that was good. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think that wraps it up. Cool. Cool. We will be right back with news.
3: For you, the listeners of Game of Microphones, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. For anybody that hasn't done this yet, um, Audible is really awesome for people like me, who I'm a mom, I'm always in the car, we're always going to visit somebody or to an appointment or to school or to gymnastics or whatever. And um, instead of listening to whatever video my kids are listening to in the van, I like to just kind of plug in my ears and just listen to a book. Or a podcast like Amy Biocrophones, yeah. but we're going to talk about a book right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, right now I am reading uh, Ready Player One, and it is the most addicted I've ever been to a book in years. Wow. Uh, so, I would highly recommend if you get your free trial of Audible. Uh, to check out Ready Player One if you've already read the Game of Thrones books. If you haven't read the Game of Thrones books, then I would absolutely recommend starting at number one, going all the way to number five, and waiting like the rest of us for Winds of Winter. (laughs) Oh, but
0: don't stop at number five. Go to the Dunkin' Egg novellas and the, uh, the World of Ice and Fire and all that stuff too.
3: There you go. There's a whole world out there for you. But if you've already read all of it and you've had your fill, I highly recommend... Ready Player 1 by Ernest Klein. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com/goM. Again, that is audibletrial.com/goM for your free audiobook.
0: And we're back with the news. Take it away, Kristen.
3: Uh, so this first article comes from Daily Mail. And uh, in the UK, and it's titled, It's Completely False. Game of Thrones actress Maisie Williams insists that she didn't leak the 2019 release date of final season. So Maisie Williams hit the headlines this week when she was accused of releasing the premiere date of the final series of Game of Thrones. Maisie Williams took to Twitter on Monday to assure fans that she did not let it slip that the show was slated for an April 2019 release, insisting that the quotes were completely false. The 20-year-old who plays Arya Stark in the critically acclaimed show is still in the midst of filming season 8. She told her followers, Just a tweet letting you know this Game of Thrones release date, quote, I've supposedly given, is completely false and taken from an interview I did years ago.
4: Hmm. I wonder why she gave out the release date. That wasn't cool. (laughs) I know. What the hell, (laughs) Amazing. I know. She should
3: be fired. (laughs) (laughs) Just recast her. It'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it'll be fine. Our next article um, is from winteriscoming.net. Researchers discover a real-life Viking version of Brienne of Tarth. Over 100 years ago, Swedish archaeologist Hjalmar Stolp excavated a series of viking graves near an ancient settlement called birka because the graves were filled with items like swords and helmets stulp along with generations of archaeologists archaeologists researchers and historians (laughs) since assumed that all the occupants were male viking warriors they were wrong it turns out that one of the most spectacular of the birka graves belongs to a woman uh, what? <laughs> Osteology and DNA tests have confirmed that, fe- that a female was interred alongside her male counterparts, and the richness of her grave furnishings suggests she was an important military leader. The findings were recently published in the American Journal of Physical Anthropology. Said Uppsala University archaeologist Charlotte Hedenstierna Johnson... <laughs> It's actually a woman, somewhere over the age of 30 and fairly tall, too, measuring around 170 centimeters. That height translates to roughly 5'6", which would have made her equal to the average man in the area at that time. Of course, Brienne of Tarth towers over most of the men in Westeros, but her Viking counterpart would have had a striking range equal to most of the men around her. The woman was also an accomplished fighter and military leader, as Heddenstierna Johnson describes. Aside from the complete warrior equipment buried along with her, a sword, an axe, a spear, armor-piercing arrows, a battle knife, shields, and two horses, she had a board game in her lap. Or more of a war planning game used to try out battle tactics and strategies, which indicates she was a powerful military leader. She's most likely planned led and taken part in battles. That's pretty cool. That's
3: so awesome. So, um, I just wanted to say uh the reason why news is so light this week is that filming is going on right now for Game of Thrones season 8 and while we were searching for news, there are spoilers everywhere right oh. now for season 8. Anyways, if you want to if you If you do like spoilers and you do want to see everything that's happening um, as far as filming goes, go to winteriscoming.net, go to watchersonthewall.com, Google, you know, season eight news, and there are some massive spoilers out there. Once filming ends, I'm sure we'll have a lot more news. Uh, But for right now, news might be a little light because there's just a lot of season eight spoiler stuff going on right now and you know let's just let's keep it pure man we only get to watch it once once that's it you know
0: (laughs) so we first watch it first once
3: right (laughs) watch watch it once (laughs) once yeah, well, we it it's, the same. it's the same.
0: I watched thing. it twice once, but only watched it once once.
3: We <laughs> only get to watch it for the first time once, all right?
0: There you go. <laughs> I had only watched it once once until I watched it twice. Then I had never watched right. it once again.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are all a bunch of assholes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Twice. <laughs> so this week we're going to skip our little Game of Thrones as myth section, and we're just going to have a little section where we talk about our favorite stuff from season two, and we're just going to make it up right on the spot and say whatever we whatever comes to mind right now about what we liked about season two. So, uh, what do you guys think? How'd you like season two as a whole?
4: <clears throat> I loved it, man. Th- these last two episodes had a lot of my, a lot of things that stand out for me. Uh, the House of the Undying, the explosions of the wildfire, mm-hmm. and juxtaposed with the women, you know, hanging out, waiting to see what was going to go on, and Joffrey uh, acting like he was going to go and defeat Stannis by himself. Was and then he coronated
0: of- <laughs> in uh, season, in episode one of this season, or was he coronated last I year? I think it was last season, wasn't it? Yeah, remember. his
3: one of his yeah. first acts as king was to behead Ned Stark.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Um, yeah, I agree. We, we good John. Yeah, true. Where she's like grinding up against him. Oh, did I move? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I didn't mean to do it.
4: Yeah. I heard they get sore if you don't
0: use them. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so funny, and I remember too because I was watching. Um, what's that other show she was in? Downton Abbey. And she's in that, too. So it's fun to see her play the different characters. That's great. Um,
0: We also got the introduction of Stannis for season
4: two, which is obviously huge for the rest of the series until Mm -hmm. (laughs) until season six, at least. He's such a, um, to me, this whole season, charmless person. (laughs) And, And. and then later on, he starts to feel a little more um, interesting for some reason. I he's mean, he's still interesting, but there's he's had well. a little bit
0: of charm when he's talking with Davos about you know how Davos is a good guy and how like you know what he's. Uh, that's pretty much the only point though, when he's like just being kind of
4: bros with Davos. Yeah, uh, I guess so. I mean, he just, for for one thing, your first introduction to him, he looks like he's being manipulated by this witch woman. So right. right. Yeah. First bat, time he's it's burning, like, burning the idols, right? The seven yeah, statues. What's wrong with you? And then he's like, he seems fairly humorless. And but then you start to sort of admire some qualities about him as the series goes along. Or right. At least I did.
2: Oh,
0: I totally, we forgot to mention also that we get the first time that we have three horn blasts this episode.
3: Yes. which has been like a
0: big uh thing up until this point is you know because
3: nobody believed sam right it's nobody been, believed it's been him a thousand yeah.
0: years since they've blown the, blown the horn three times right so it's been building and building the suspense suspense where they've mentioned it a couple of times and finally this time you know we get third horn blast which so catches everybody off guard and sends everybody running and leaving sam mm-hmm. abandoned <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so speaking
4: funny. of horns or was it a horn that uh uh, that was being blown outside Winterfell, right? Yeah, that was Winterfell, beyond nuts. And
0: whoever that kills awesome. that horn blower,
4: <laughs> yeah, maybe that was uh, Ramsey. Probably one of his men, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was
0: Ramsey himself. Seems like something Ramsay doing. Torturing would do. him already. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do it personally. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> so twisted. <laughs>
4: it's great, Kristen. Um, what about you? Yeah. What stands out?
3: Oh, what stands out for me is uh, any scene that uh, Tywin and Arya had.
0: Oh, those were so great.
3: I just mm-hmm. thought that their chemistry was perfect. I would have loved... I could have watched many more episodes of the two of them just playing the dance that they were playing. Um, you know, you never quite knew if Tywin knew who Arya was and you never knew what Arya was going to do next. Um So I, I really enjoyed watching, watching them go back and forth with each other. Um, especially when, you know, Arya just straight up looks at him and says, anybody can be killed.
0: Yeah, that was Um, amazing.
3: But, uh, and also the entire sequence, um, in King's Landing from when, um, uh, it was the whole Lannister clan, right? The royal family going through, um. I think it was Fleebottom uh, and Joffrey gets the shit uh, thrown at him. And Sansa almost gets raped <laughs> and, and the hound goes and saves him or saves her. And uh, Tyrion comes up to Joffrey and, and, start slapping him. You know, <laughs> yes. And, Did my it, hand you know, fall that, from its wrist? <laughs> yeah. That whole scene, the whole thing was just wonderful. Yeah, you know, was it a, was just—it was exactly what happens in a crisis Darth in Sandor. King's Landing right now. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, that and Tywin and Arya. I. Loved both of them very much.
4: Awesome. Yeah, I like that because it's fun to see Joffrey when he's thrown off balance. He just starts <laughs> freaking <Yes>. out.
3: And, <laughs> kill them all! Kill them all! It's like you yeah, said, yeah. to kill everybody because somebody threw poop at you. You <laughs> stupid <laughs> motherfucker!
4: <laughs> I uh, liked when egg uh, had that little confrontation with Sandor Clegane. Yeah, when they were trying to loosen up and everything, and right before the war. Yeah,
2: that was intense. Yes. It was yeah, good
0: though. Really mm-hmm. You're a
2: talker. I agree.
0: <laughs>
3: How about you, Duncan?
0: Um oh man, so much cool stuff. I like the the Jamie stuff, like um with him being prisoner and everything and grey wind going up in his face. Thought that was really cool. Um, there's so much good stuff in this season mm. I do not even know it's all just like flashing before my eyes just like <laughs> the whole wildfire thing I love Tyrion with all his machinations and King's Landing um,
3: this is a Tyrion season for sure
0: yeah was it this
3: Clash of Kings is a Tyrion book
0: oh and I liked yeah um, definitely
4: Cersei and uh, Sansa's interactions in Blackwater too
3: oh totally all that yeah. stuff is
4: great
0: Drink,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and drink.
2: <laughs> and totally.
0: Was it this season when Tywin was introduced as well? Yes. All right. At the Earlier in this yeah, season, the field of battle. I thought so. And he's yeah. He's uh, you know stripping the uh, the the deer. the deer. The deer. That yeah, that's fucking hardcore. I love Tywin, man. Charles dance is great.
4: Yeah.
2: Apparently, mm-hmm. he just
4: learned how to do that right before that. Skin <laughs> nice of skin of deer. That's so funny. <laughs> Um, I don't know anything else sticking out to you guys. I mean, you could almost name every moment. It's just
0: a Mm -hmm. great, yeah. (laughs) The whole
3: show is like
4: that. Yeah. Yeah. That wrap that up. I think
3: those are some good highlights.
4: I mean, one thing that uh, unnerves me a little bit is when, um, uh, Theon meets Yara. And like she's, yeah, right? It's like, I don't, we didn't need to see that.
3: (laughs) It's like the breastfeeding, man. It's like the (laughs) breastfeeding.
4: These are two of my favorite moments. I might not have liked so much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got the shadow baby too. That was fucking radical, right? What happened to that shadow baby? He just went off. He just off evaporates, and chilling out somewhere. Yeah, he's he chilling
3: he at the bar. <laughs> did his duty, man. He's like Mister Meeseeks.
0: Oh, that's great. Let's do some ravens calls.
4: I'll go first. Because you just asked me to. This (laughs) is from Alicia Stout. Alicia Stout. Alicia <laughs> that's,
2: all Instagram. that's
4: awesome she says so many great things happen in this app where to begin ah the beginning Picel creeps me out so much ick factor big time if I woke up to him staring at me all weird lucky to be cheering, i would punch him in the face lol <laughs> you notice in the opening he's standing more erect and talking in a more normal voice and tone
2: Then in the throne room with Joffrey,
4: he was back to his weird, oldish, creepy voice and hunched over. Good
0: point. He he revealed himself.
4: What? He totally revealed himself to Tyrion there. I didn't even Uh, pick up on that. Right. Just to rub it in like, (laughs) 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 he definitely has a secret side to him. And it's too bad we didn't get to know more of that before he died. I mean, what's his deal? Yeah. Only Tywin freaking Lannister can pull off having his horse take a dump. walks into (laughs) the throne room on horseback to accept being hand to the king. I don't think there's ever been a more awesome entrance into a room. I mean, that's badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, Jamie had a close one though when he ran up the steps
0: of the Sept of Baelor on the horse in season seven. Oh I yeah, believe. I'll
3: agree with that. Uh,
0: six. Uh, season six, yeah, that was mm-hmm. yeah six, right? Because it was before the yeah before the Winds of Winter. That was fucking epic. Riding up the stairs on the horse, that was cool. Lots of Lannister horse action. And Lady Alicia, for more information on Pycelle
4: that that you might be interested in, there's a deleted scene with him and Tywin that you can find online. Jockin is dead. He even says it. So who is he really? Syrio? It has to be. I really want it to be. Oh, man. That's a good clue. Actually, I've never heard of that
0: line interpreted that way. (laughs) He's telling you that the guy who was that face is dead, you know. Uh, So, yeah, that's great. I don't think.
4: I mean, why do we think it might be? Because Syrio's from there. Yeah, because and he's Bravossian,
0: because he may have ended up in the black cells if he wasn't killed by uh, Maren Trant.
4: Yeah,
3: what do we say to the God of Death?
0: Not today. Yeah, exactly. That's
4: just from his hometown. They say that everywhere he goes.
2: So he <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, uh, love, Francis. Love, Not today, love, Gerald.
4: <laughs> love, love, love the illusion scenes with Danny and Drogo. It was so sweet and beautifully done that it made me cry. Anyone else think that baby was not only beautiful, but so cute? I did. Yeah. Have a great podcast. Love you guys.
3: Love you too. Thanks, Lady Alicia.
4: Yeah, thanks.
0: Our next message is from Matthew Ripp. This is from Facebook. Tywin certainly knows how to make an entrance. It is so abundantly clear he has zero respect for his grandson Joffrey. He doesn't even bow or get off his horse in his presence. He appreciates Joffrey for the prestige he brings to the Lannister family, but that's about it. <laughs> you can really see the moment Jaime gains respect for Brienne when she takes out those three Northmen. <laughs> it's the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Thank the gods Danny is leaving Carth. Season two was just stagnant for her. I like how even before earning the title breaker of chains, the first chains she breaks are her own. Now yep. on to greater
4: things. Yeah. yeah
3: totally. Is I that agree, why Matthew she,
4: Wait a minute. Why did she earn that title? Um
3: cuz she uh frees slaves. Oh, and oh, and yeah. because
4: she broke her chains the the warlock had her in this episode. But I think the, the breaker of chains is about the slaves, but the point mm-hmm. yeah that yeah. Matthew's making yeah. is she actually broke her own chains first right and that's, yeah that's probably a symbolic thing right yeah like you're yeah, gonna, exactly that's cool man talking about that Kristen that that literally breaking those well maybe not literally because they're kind of illusions but anyway <laughs> yeah she's kind of yeah. freeing herself there she broke the yeah. illusion of I the think chain. it's awesome
0: yeah I agree that's really cool and um I do think that this is the moment when Jamie gains his first inkling of respect for Brienne. Uh, before this, he had mm-hmm. zero respect. And I think that he was really impressed with her uh, after the, after this. This is the first time I really noticed it, too. I noticed the look on his face is just like utter well, bewilderment when she kills those guys. fun. <laughs>
4: Yeah, it'll be fun to see if he stops being quite as much of a dick after this.
0: Yeah, and uh, and and this this whole passage is really good in the books too, like the interaction with Jamie and, and Brienne on their journey together um, mm-hmm. here, and then again on on the way to King's Landing after they're captured at Harrenhal, I believe. Is that where it is, Harrenhal? Yeah, because Roose Bolton is there. Uh huh. Yeah. So. Definitely read the books because there's a lot of really cool stuff that's left out um, that you'll really enjoy. Baron Maiden.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, yep. The Maiden.
3: Uh, Gwendolyn Figueroa says, "Hey guys, another great episode to chat about. Tyrion looked too scared to see Pycelle after waking up. Yeah, he knew he was not in safe hands. Then Shay comes in the room, another set of unsafe hands. Ooh. I feel so bad for what's coming." Danny's experience in the house of the undying reminded me of the movie labyrinth a must see when the goblin king recreated her bedroom to help her forget her ultimate goal of rescuing her brother and keeping her from with him. I felt we're trying to do the same to Danny by reuniting her with her loves. Glad it didn't work. Thanks again. Have a great one.
4: That's a good
0: connection. I've never seen Labyrinth, but that sounds That's like uh what? Yeah.
4: Jennifer Connolly <laughs> and David Bowie. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I've, oh, I I've been lo- meaning I love to watch it for a
4: while, just never got around to it. It is similar because it's all like mind-trippy and weird. Thing, yeah. Yeah, cool.
3: Like little snails at the beginning to get in there.
4: I love labyrinths.
0: I've uh um I've built a number of hardcore labyrinths in like in video games and stuff, like in Halo, I built a pretty awesome one, um, and then that's awesome. I, I I built a pyramid in Minecraft to impress my friend's son, who was like trying to show me Minecraft, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool. I'll build something Neat. crazy." And then I built like a monstrous labyrinth because I just like couldn't stop for like a week or two. <laughs> um, <it laughs> I'd like to crazy. see some of that sometime.
4: Yeah, I'll show you anytime. <clears throat> Mandy Castillo says so far, every time I've watched this episode, I seem to have tunnel vision and only absorb Danny's reunion with Drogo and the baby call. I mean, other things happen in this episode, right? I think, yeah, (laughs) I think, I think there was some other stuff. It's hard to remember something with the changing faces and Joffrey dumping Sansa for Marjorie and something about Robin Talissa marrying and secret. Sounds familiar. I kind of remember some whites and some white walkers riding on (laughs) decayed horses, scaring the shit out of Sam. (laughs) But seriously, I'm pretty sure I teared up seeing Danny and Drogo reunite on my first watch. This time I knew it was coming and still wasn't emotionally prepared. Well played, Game of Thrones. Lord of Light, help me if Danny and John get married because I'll be a pile of mush. Oh man, mush. you're gonna be mush for sure. But I don't know if it's because they're gonna be married. Something,
0: something horrible's gonna happen. <laughs>
4: Either way, you'll be crying. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah reason, you'll be crying so. for some reason for sure. <laughs> Dave Halberg, what's up, Dave? Yeah.
0: Dave says hello. All, I thought I would mention something that I noticed that others may not. And this is because Dave is military. He says, if (laughs) Jackin is a recruiter for the Faceless Men, here he is the real deal, lying just like all the recruiters (laughs) do. He tells Arya, you have many names on your lips. You can offer them to the Red God. This is a classic bait and switch. When Arya shows up at the House of Black and White, ready to learn the killing ways and get her to her revenging, she's told she has to be no one and forget who she was. All recruiters lie, either outright or by omission. (laughs) <laughs> Very interesting. I hadn't heard this perspective on uh, on uh, Jock in
4: here talking with Arya. I think it's totally, uh, you know, makes perfect sense. Yeah. that. I mean, I yeah. always felt like that when, when that whole season five with the House of Black and White. I was like, well, isn't this sort of not the point of why she wanted to do all this or
3: telling me <laughs> to forget it all? Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> man. Yeah. Um, okay. So the we have some emails now. And the first email is about last week. And it's from Lady Emily. Hello, I'm Emily, a big fan of your podcast. I started listening a few months ago and I finally caught up on your Rewatch podcast for my thoughts on Blackwater. Oh Helene. Helene
2: Helene. Helene?
3: Thank you. Helene the Pyromancer's reaction to the wildfire explosion is my favorite part of this episode. Everyone else is flinching away from the heat and brightness, and Helene is like, (laughs) yes!
2: Yes! (laughs) Yes.
3: R.I.P. Roy (laughs) Dotrice.
2: Tap, yeah, tap.
3: I wish you could have read "The Winds of Winter" and "A Dream of Spring" to us. Yes, uh, Stannis is such a badass. As we hear from Lancel, the king's presence is good for morale, and Stannis's men are pumped coming out of those boats with their kings leading the charge. <laughs> the Lannisters see their king retreat, and there's a huge drop in morale. Do you guys think Stannis would have taken over King's Landing had it not been for the Tyrell and Lannister armies?
0: Oh yes. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. definitely yeah I'm pretty sure uh, I think that you know Tyrion had cavalry. yeah Tyrion had taken out the uh, the ram and they, it looked like everything was cool and then all of a sudden Stannis' forces the cavalry had arrived mm. and they came out of the darkness and Joffrey ran
4: away and everyone's morale sank
0: yeah so <laughs> yeah without Tywin having shown up shown up I think that um, yeah everybody would have been raped in King's Landing Good. Hide your children. Hide your wives. <laughs>
2: Sounds great.
3: Sounds like a great night. Yeah. Good times. Um, Cersei scares Sansa again by telling her Sir Ilan is really there to kill them all if Stannis takes the city. Then Sir Ilan doesn't stop Sansa or Cersei from leaving.
2: <laughs>
3: I'm glad neither Joffrey nor Tyrion had the hound executed right then and there. And there, when he was like, "Fuck the king." But why didn't they? Were they really that speechless? Don't you want to get rid of dissenters, especially ones that have access to the Red Keep and head there to take Sansa Stark away? (laughs) My (laughs) question (laughs)
0: is what what army would have taken out the hound at that point? (laughs) Probably nobody. The army's occupied. They would need that entire army just to subdue him.
2: Uh,
4: Or you just need like a torch.
2: Yeah, yeah But they don't know that Oh, that's so sad (laughs) They don't know Uh,
3: Either the Hound had decided before that day That he'd take Sansa with him If he ever left Or the Hound thought of Sansa when he decided he was leaving Either way, it's so sweet If and when they meet again I bet we'll hear the Hound call Sansa Little Bird And she'll say she regrets not leaving King's Landing with him that night Oh gosh, please have that be a scene Thanks for everything you do to keep us sane while the long night continues. Sir Dunk and Lady Kristen, you're amazing. Keep up the great work. Oh,
0: thank you so much. You guys
3: are amazing, too. I love it.
0: Yeah, I really think that would be a good scene, too. If if Sansa ever does see the hound again, I think that she will tell him I should have left with you. Um, Stupid. Uh, Yeah. Like she said to Jon
3: Snow. And She was like, I was awful to you. Just admit it. Yeah. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think she's been thinking about that type of stuff. Um, so I'm sure that she'd say, like, listen, I should have left
4: with you. I fucked up. It ended badly <laughs> for a while, yeah. at least. There needs to, yeah. I'm sure they've got all these, like, we've got to have these reckonings and they're marking in them all in their post it notes and putting them up on the board Well, they've yeah. done this because they're, they're oh, like, yeah filming it right are they done filming no they're in the middle of it
2: yeah yeah
4: okay this one is from it's my turn right yes Mm -hmm. sir from lady carlin warderman of house hufflepuff
3: I love it whoop whoop
4: Yeah, I got it right. (laughs) Hi, Duncan and Kristen. Hi. I found your podcast on Spotify at the beginning of December, and I have to admit that I listened to almost every episode of your podcast since then. I love your passion and excitement for this show, and I'm glad you guys are sharing it with others around the world. Yay. Thanks. Yeah. That being said, I finally have the courage to share my thoughts on this show, specifically with the scene in the Blackwater episode where Sansa is holding her doll and talking to Sander. I do echo Duncan's thoughts about how Sansa's dropping of the doll symbolizes the end of her innocence, her transition into adulthood, and her acknowledging the dangerous reality around her. But I also think it goes deeper than that. I don't know if you guys noticed, but that is the same doll that Ned gave her in season one, episode three, entitled Lord Snow. When Ned gave her the doll, she angrily told him that he, uh, sh- she hasn't played with dolls since she was eight years old in the early episodes of season one, we see Sansa wanting so badly to grow up, to be seen as an adult and to be the queen, Joffrey's wife and the mother of his children. Now at the end of season two, she realizes that she does not want those things anymore. I do agree that the doll scene symbolizes the end of her innocence, but I also think it symbolizes her desire to return back to that time, the time where she was naive, ignorant of the harsh realities around her, as well as the time when her father was still alive and unfortunately accepting she can no longer have those things. Yeah. It was like, a touch point at least back to that like just a, a connection to that time before she knew any of this and had any of these troubles yeah definitely
3: i think last week we got about five or six different messages saying saying almost exactly the same thing about the dolls so i think duncan and i kind of had a blind spot on the doll last
0: week <laughs> and also i had we had asked about it specifically so i'm I'm glad that people responded too. Yeah, that oh, was yeah, good. Yeah, I had right. posed yeah, a yeah. question. Uh, so yeah, that's cool. So
3: we got some good responses and they were all pretty much the same. And uh, I, I really appreciate um, the responses. So thank you yeah. very much because once that was brought to light, it was like, Oh yeah. Duh. Light so bulb. thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
4: I totally had forgotten about that scene with Ned. Yeah. I think you're both right though. I think you're both right. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a loss of innocence and a desire to return back to that time. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. how like talented the show writers are like multi-layered mm-hmm. metaphors and stuff like that. It's so cool. She Lady Carlin goes on anyway. I'm eager to hear your feedback and additional insights in future episodes. Sincerely, Lady Carlin Werderman of House Hufflepuff, drinker of coffee and lover of hockey.
3: Hey, that's
4: awesome. Love hockey, too. <laughs> and
0: coffee. Love, what do you know? I
3: love Coffee.
4: You mean you <laughs> like money, too?
0: That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks for writing, Lady Carlin. So nice to hear from you.
3: Uh, the next, uh, the next, and I think last email is from Archmaester Rennie, Dark Lord and Bright Lady. <laughs> I love it. Good duality. <laughs> this is the episode of Tyrion's undeserved downfall. If it wasn't shocking enough that Ned Stark got killed in season one, this turn of events just reinforces Game of Thrones' relentless refusal. Refusal. To punish the wicked and reward the brave and virtuous. Which is, of course, what sets it apart and makes it such a phenomenon. But I do hate to see Tyrion suffer. Yeah. We're all liars here and every one of us is better than you. I think that's my favorite of all of Littlefinger's lines. Now that we know his final fate, it's somewhat less painful to watch him manipulating and using Santa's since we know... That she's going to get the last word. Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, she does. Uh. I love
3: every interaction between Brienne and Jamie. Actually, I just love everything Brienne and, says and does. Yeah, me too, Remy.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Interesting
3: that this episode and this season climaxes with both Danny and John making a kill. Danny instructs her dragons to burn Pi Pri, and Corn half hand maneuvers John into killing him. A death by fire, a death into the ice. Ooh, Ooh. I love it. Yours loyally, cool. Archmaester Rennie.
4: Wow, Rennie, that was a great.
0: Rennie's pull. awesome.
3: You yeah. know, we
4: didn't mention like when Jamie sang to Brienne. You know, did and I bet none of those guys? You wish one of those guys was strong enough to overpower you. She does meet the guy. She does.
0: You mean, yeah. wait, 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 there's a couple. Which
4: one do you mean? Uh, uh, what the hell is his name? Tormund? I can't think of it, The Yes.
2: <laughs> I mean, I think, you know. He hasn't
4: overpowered her yet, but he
2: no, definitely but wants to.
0: He's, he's big and strong. And that's like his mode. too. He sets MO her off too.
3: balance, that's for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah.
4: And the Hound almost overpowered her. But right slightly not weakened. Quite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no i think Torment. i'm i'm rooting for those too
0: yeah that'd be great how about that reunion of um brienne and the hound though in season seven when they're on the way to meet um cersei at the dragon pit remember yeah. that that was so cool so they just cool. kind of like
4: see that's yeah, why i think they really have an eye on these reunions they want to satisfy all of our desires yeah they,
0: they totally like mm-hmm. forgave each other and like
3: let's get john and aria going like now. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yep. I'm interested That's to see happen. Jamie and Bran. That's gonna be cool.
3: Oh I don't think oh, Bran's yeah. gonna care.
4: Right. That would be interesting.
0: I think Bran's
3: quote. dead.
4: Think Bran's dead?
3: Yeah, we can talk about it later though. Whoa like
4: his his soul.
0: Yeah, of. I think yeah. Bran's
3: I think he's just the three eyed raven now.
0: Oh, Okay, so you think he's the computer man, the three-eyed computer raven man?
3: Yeah. But
4: then he'll—he may say, oh, he may project like uh, you're insignificant to me, which could be interesting. <laughs>
3: yeah. It'll be interesting, that's for sure. I agree.
0: Your actions were necessary in the greater picture. Thank you, Jamie, thank for you. pushing yeah. me for yeah. an <laughs> yeah. Thank
5: you, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Sir Jamie of House Lannister.
5: That's epic. Hey guys. Sir Patrick of the late entry. Sorry about that. I already missed the recording I'm sure. But maybe you can tack this on at the end. I don't know. Anyway, just a thought. Um Shay you can see in this episode that Shay really does love Tyrion. She's she's all about like let's get out of here. I don't care about the money. And just yeah, okay, first of all, here's a question. I, I really want to know. Is there any doubt that she's a faceless man? And if she's not a faceless man, what is she? Okay? Because, uh, you know, what was her previous life before being a sex worker? Anyhow, Um who brought her into that room where she reveals that she doesn't care about the money, really loves him, just wants to leave? Who brought her into that room? It was Varys. Okay? So, and... uh Who's going to offer her diamonds to leave next season and not try to clearly distinguish that it wasn't Tyrion's idea that that happened? Um, and is this person a secret blackfire conspiracist? I'm just wondering, also, does this person have... Nasty silver pubes that resemble wicked spider webs. Just saying. Just saying. All right. Love it. Bye.
0: As always, thanks for calling in, Sir Patrick. Good to hear from you, my friend.
1: Hello, it is Sir Anonymous of the Dish Sink. Um, actually, my name is Brendan, and I'm 15 from Michigan. Um, I just want to say, hearing that all that yesterday, or uh, last week, it was really weird, and I'm excited to call in again. Um, so I have two things. One, I've gotten my little brother to listen to some of your guys' stuff, and um, today is actually his birthday. He's turning 13, and I think you might like hearing a happy birthday from you guys on a podcast. So if that's possible, that would be great. And my second question actually is um, if you guys had a specific weapon, that you would uh use if you were actually in this time frame of Game of Thrones. I think the uh Walking Dead cast had the same kind of question that they talked about, but what would yours be that would kind of reflect about your personality and how, like, that type of stuff. All right, keep up the good work. <laughs> Bye.
0: Hey, Sir Brendan, thanks for calling in and telling us who you are. (laughs) Glad you and your brother have been enjoying our our podcast, and a very happy birthday to Sir Anonymous the Younger. I think that if I had to choose one weapon for the Game of Thrones universe, it would be some type of sword. I don't know. I guess a katana wouldn't be around in that universe. I guess it would be a two-handed long sword. Good reach, good um, balance, good good uh, maneuverability with two hands, good weapons moves, uh, like weapons list, or uh, sorry, move list and stuff like that. So yeah, I think I would use some variety of two-handed longsword. Um, if not that, a short sword and a shield, um, because you can't go wrong with that combo. But I would attack from the shadows, and it would be like a one-strike kill type thing. So two hands, precision deadly action i would pick a two-handed long sword most likely thanks again for calling in sir brendan and happy birthday sir anonymous the younger so that pretty much wraps up our show everybody number 62 thanks for
4: listening
3: thank you everybody I have loved having Jason on, by the thank way. You thank too. you so, so much yeah. for... Well,
4: thank you guys for asking me to come back on. And but most of all, thanks for taking over the show and making it more kick-ass than it's ever been before. I couldn't <laughs> be happier with how, how it's been going and the response that you guys have been getting. You guys are superstars, so thanks, thank you. Thanks, man. You guys seen Westworld? Ooh, I gotta watch that show, man. Looks really cool.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, think I only got
4: halfway it. through. Mm. Yeah, it's um, I think it really starts to. It's it's kind of like Game of Thrones. I mean, for a lot of people. World building push through, for a while but it's very rewarding yeah I want to I
3: love it I think it's great I just um we only had HBO in one room of our house when it mm. was on and mm. it was the coldest room of the house and yeah. it was in the middle of winter and I'm like I can't sit in this room mm-hmm. anymore
2: <laughs> so we just stopped watching it <laughs> so You guys have not
4: watched it it's Anthony Hopkins and it's this uh Oh really? Playlist. I didn't know he was in it. Uh,
0: yeah yeah. Dude, and and
3: Aiden Quinn
4: I'm like I'm all no. aboard the Anthony Ed
0: Hopkins Quinn.
3: train. Nope. What? Ed Ed
4: Ed Harris. Dolorous Thank Ed. you, Ed, Ed. Harris. Ed Harris. Oh my that guy's awesome yes. too. I love He's that actor. Awesome. It's like you know one of those ones where it's this fantasy theme park of old west with all these androids that are um, are identical to human, and you don't, sometimes you don't know what's what, and they don't Ooh. know what's what. Kind and of and like Cylons. Like, a mystery, yeah, it's like a lot like Battlestar Galactic in that way. And it's a mystery wrapped in a riddle, inside an enigma kind of a thing. So Sick. it's really, really, really good. You had me at Hopkins.
3: No, I think it I think it's fantastic and I wanna see the rest of the show. It was just too cold. <laughs> I remember playing
0: Max Payne. Remember that video game? Max Payne. I did play it, in I, my, didn't play it I, oh, I played it in the basement of my parents house back in like middle school and in the freezing cold in the middle of winter and, and that's part of the game is like you're going through New York City in the freezing cold and so it just felt right and, uh, so it's cool <laughs> but next week we'll be covering <laughs> season 3 episode 1 this week we had Valar Morgulis. Next week we have Valar Doharis, which always follows mm-hmm. Valar Morgulis. later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, give it a watch, you guys, and come back to uh, with us to us with your thoughts. We'd love to read them on air.
3: Yeah. As always, we love your feedback. We love to uh, interact with you through the week. So check us out on Facebook, um, where we you can usually find one of us lurking around to talk to you about whatever you want to talk about.
0: Yeah, If you'd like to call You can always reach us at 813-563-3739 That's 813 Joffrey
3: <laughs> If you'd like to write in You can email us At
4: ravens at gameofmicrophones.com And check out the Facebook page At facebook.com slash g-o-m Podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, We're also on Twitter and Instagram at G O M Podcast, And as you know, we do read out feedback if you put it on either of those two places as well.
0: (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Please, uh, yeah, if you you haven't already, give us a like on Facebook and an iTunes rating. If you've made it this far in the podcast, you're obviously willing to dedicate a couple hours to us. So take a couple seconds and just uh, give Mm -hmm. us a little rating real quick. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. That's our show.
3: Thanks for listening, everybody.
4: Valar
2: Morgulis Valar Do Harris. Did I say it right? Yes,
3: yeah, I think you okay. did. I, no, think I say Valor Hairspray. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people say it's Valor Dohairis as well. They're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's from Trailer Park Boys.
4: Bam! Peanut butter and jump! <laughs> Creepy looking guy. Baelish has an invisible mustache that's so like, you know, always twirling. He told her you're just a whore and made her go away.
3: See, I thought that that meant something, and then I thought, oh, wait, this is just a crazy guy. A king should keep his word.
4: Yeah, with a camera pointing right at the horse's asshole.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. symbolizing (laughs) how he just shits
4: all over everything, and and Tyrion specifically.
3: (laughs) 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 We only get to watch it once, once. That's it.
0: Oh, okay, so you think he's the computer man. The three-eyed computer raven man. Yeah. <laughs> Just to fuck with us? <laughs> Dragon beats warlock.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: That's epic. Um, okay.
4: <laughs> and we will be with you until time comes to an end. Thanks for taking over the show and making it more kick ass than it's ever been before. Thanks for taking over the show and making it more kick ass than it's ever been before. Thanks for taking over the show and making it more kick ass than it's ever been before. Thanks for taking over the show and making it more kick
2: ass than it's ever been before. Thanks for taking over the show and making it more kick ass than it's ever been before.